0: let's just pray father we come before your throne of grace we worship you we thank you father we thank you for your anointing that rests upon this place because this is where your children are gathered and your word says that lo i'm lo i'm with you always even to the ends of the world age father we thank you in this age you're with us till the end and in the ages to come you will be with us forever because you are faithful You will never leave us. And Father, the Holy Spirit now has sealed us and will teach us all things. And in the ages to come, He will show the exceeding glory and the power and the riches of His grace of the Father towards us in Christ Jesus. Holy Spirit, reveal that to us today. Reveal that to us today, Master. Holy Spirit, reveal that to us today. We humbly sit at your presence to hear from you, Holy Spirit. Reveal the beauty of Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ. Reveal the beauty of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 The title of the message is, Awake to Righteousness. (laughs) So. It has to be something to do with righteousness, right? I mean, it's almost like we can't get away from that because this, it's the heart of our life in Christ Jesus, Awake to Righteousness. In fact, it was the title of the newsletter that Kenneth Copeland sent this month. It's called Awake to Righteousness. And, and the, uh, one of the other messages, titles could be Power of Righteousness. Or we'll talk about this. Not Walking in the Error of Balaam. You'll be surprised at how that title matches this thing. But it's actually the same thing. Not Walking in the Error of Balaam or Awake to Righteousness. So We'll stick with Awake to Righteousness. That's more positive uh, than not falling into the error of Balaam. But it's really the same thing. But we'll, be, we'll, we'll study something very powerful truth. So are you ready for some real Bible study? So are you patient? Be patient with me. Let not your, I know your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak, <laughs> but I want you to stay with it and, uh, st- and um, study more. Uh, st- look at the Gospels with this understanding, okay? But I want you to uh, kind of refer back to a message that Alkesh took last uh, live team, in, in the live team that they had. He took a powerful message on worship. Uh, I think, Alkesh, you have the notes already, right? I mean, if anybody wants notes, he talks a very powerful message. It was a very timely word. On worship, worshiping the Father, worshiping not just in your in your in your spirit and in your in your in your soul, but also in your posture. Uh, a very very powerful message. Uh, I know it's not preached as much, but it's it's a very timely message. And we'll kind of connect with some of the things that Alkesh mentioned uh, about worship, and we'll bring it up here in this message also. But let's go to Exodus chapter one. Exodus chapter. Exodus chapter uh, 3 let's go to Exodus chapter 3 this is when wow uh, there's so much stuff to talk about but let's do let, let's go to Exodus chapter 1 then we'll cover Exodus chapter 3 but let's go to Exodus chapter 1 Ex- Exodus chapter 1 This is when the children of Israel are right now in Egypt at verse 7. But the children of Israel was fruitful and increased abundantly, multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. Okay, now then then they start getting afflicted by this Pharaoh. Let's look at verse 12. The more they... The more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew and they were in dread of the children of Israel. The Egyptians started afflicting the children of Israel and they started to really, be started suffering. But God had promised Abraham, when he entered into a covenant, told him that your people will be under bondage for 400 years. God had already told them. That for 400 years, your people will be in bondage. Correct? This is so interesting. Exactly when 400 years happened, Moses was born. Exactly. Go back and look. God promised that 400 years, their people will be afflicted. And after 400 years, they will come out of Egypt. Exactly when 400 years happened, Moses was born. But did the deliverance come when Moses was born? No. When did the deliverance happen? Later, right? Look, look at verse, 11, uh, chap, uh, Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. Now... This is when Moses starts... See, he's born as a deliverer to Israel according to God's prophecy and promise to Abraham. So when God wants to deliver, he sends what into the world? He sends a baby. That's how it is. Because it's a type of what God is going to deliver us out of the hand of Satan. Pharaoh is a type of Satan, right? So he said, God is promising that one day a deliverer will also be born but when moses was born it was 400 years but 400 and now is fully grown 430 years he starts going out and seeing the burdens of his fellow people isn't it beautiful and he tries to deliver israel how does he try to deliver israel moses by his own strength, his own strength. and what happens he's not able to deliver correct when did jesus when jesus was born it was prophesied that he will deliver us out of the hand of our enemies remember the prophecy that came to Zechariah, the prophecy that came to uh, mary and all the prophecies that he will deliver us out of the hand of our enemies jesus was born but when did the deliverance actually happen 30 years, 30 years later look at how when he got baptized with the holy spirit and then three years later the deliverance happened correct just because you do not see the deliverer doesn't mean that God's word is not true in your life. So it might sometimes take 30 years, but the deliverer is in the land. See, you have to walk by faith. When the time is, time is fulfilled for the deliverer, the deliverer is in the land. Can you see it? You cannot see it. But does God's word fail? No. No. Isn't that beautiful? So when, so, when for 30 years, when Jesus was growing up in a forgotten town in Galilee, Galilee was called the Galilee of the Gentiles. Remember that? It's like where the foreigners dwelt, it's not a holy place. It's where all the Romans are there, and you know, the, there is no covenant, and people are all mixed. And so, uh, the, uh, the people from Jerusalem always despised Galilee. Galilee was called like the useless place, it's like the Las Vegas of their time. Nobody sets up a church in Las Vegas. But today, there are some great churches in Las Vegas, by the way. Okay? But it's almost like, oh, you They're Vegas guys, you know? That's where a man is growing up for 33 years. 30 years. And at 30 years, he goes down to the banks of River Jordan and gets baptized. Exactly like Moses, correct? He goes out and sees the burden of his people. But unlike moses jesus could affect the delivery correct the moment he got baptized he started delivering you see that lepers started being cleansed demons started coming out he started delivering because he is the type of the moses that god has planned over this land isn't that beautiful you like that but my my encouragement to you is if god has told you a promise in your life just because you cannot see it doesn't mean that his promise has not already happened. It has happened. Your deliverer is growing up. Your deliverer is growing up. It's already happened in your life. Amen? So we'll talk about it later. But let's now, let's quickly go down and let's go to chapter 3. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God and the angel of the lord appeared to him in the flame of fire from the midst of a bush so he looked and behold the bush was burning with fire but the bush was not consumed okay i want you to concentrate on that verse look at what he said and the angel of the lord see a is capitalized there angel of the lord lord it's not angel of god so it's angel of yahweh correct appeared to him in the flame of a fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. So then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So what was Moses amazed about the scene? Correct. Now, I want you to get this. If you get this, You'll be so amazed that the gospel of Jesus Christ is hidden here. So, what was Moses amazed about? So, clarified more. What is what is the, what is the amazement about the sight? What is the amazement? Was the was the the fact that the bush is burning is the amazement or it's not getting consumed? It's yes, yes. I was looking for that word. What is he amazed at? Correct. Is it mentioned here? Yes. Yes. The bush was not consumed. Say, the bush is not consumed. So he's amazed that the bush is not consumed. The moment he turned aside to see this, look at verses. Uh, Verse 4. When the Lord. So now we know who is this? Who is. Who is showed up here? Jesus. Jesus Christ. How do you know it is not God? No, because Jesus said, okay, this you need to get it clear as a doctrine forever in your life. Correct? Jesus' own words, he said, no one has seen God except the one who is sent by God. He who is in the bosom of God he's talking about himself, no one has seen the father, no one the very one in the bosom of the father, he has declared him, you got it? so he's saying, only I Jesus Christ, has seen the father, okay now when he says that then he'll say, but Anil, I see God in the Old Testament showing up, who is showing up? Jesus is showing up, because he is the visible image of the Invisible God. Now it makes sense? Look at the language. He is the visible image of the invisible God. That means what you are seeing is Jesus, but he is the image of an invisible Father. So, has anybody seen God? <laughs> are you clear? Jesus himself says, No one has seen the Father. <laughs> you have to take him at his word. <laughs> so, so, who is showing up everywhere in the Old Testament? Jesus, Jesus is showing up. He's in the fire. In, in the bush. He's in the fire with Daniel. He's in the fire who shows up uh, in, in, uh, in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He's, he's showing up everywhere. You got it? He's the pillar of cloud, and when he's entering into a covenant with God the Father, and Abraham is seeing it, he's seeing it. That's why Jesus said, Abraham saw my day and rejoiced. Because they are seeing Jesus. You got it? They are seeing Jesus. So here, they, Jesus now starts talking to Moses. Now you get this picture? Because God can, No one can see God. No one can see God. It's impossible to see God. Because he is invisible. He is invisible. He is invisible. That's his nature. Father is invisible. But... Jesus is the very image of the father who is invisible. But Jesus is the visible image. You can handle him. You could see Jesus and not be killed. killed. Now you're getting the gospel message here. So what is Moses amazed? How is it that the bush is not getting consumed, right? Look at what he says. So I will turn aside and see this great sight, great sight. Why the bush does not burn? Same thing. He's amazed still at that. Look at verse 4. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet for for the place where you stand is holy ground. So what is Moses amazed about? That the bush is not consumed. Correct? He's not amazed about the fact that there is... A huge fire in the midst of the bush. What is the gospel message? The gospel message is that God, who is a consuming fire, can live in you, and you are not consumed. Did you see that? That is the gospel message. So what was Moses seeing? Moses is seeing a a day. In which God will live in an earthly bush. And the bush is not consumed. What is that a picture of? It's a picture of? of? Of church. The church of Jesus Christ. Where God himself will live in us. And we are not consumed. The moment he saw that. God said. Moses believes my gospel. You see that? That means more... That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is that God can live in man... And man is not consumed. Isn't that what the gospel is about? Correct? For God to live in man... And man is not consumed... What should happen to man? He has to be... What? He has to be perfect. He has to be completely righteous... He has to have no impurity in him. Because if there is any impurity in that man, what's going to happen to him? He will be consumed. Because God is totally holy. When a holy God dwells in you, Bobby, if there is any uncleanness in you, it will consume it. So when God lives in you, means what? You are what? Absolutely clean. How clean? Perfectly clean. How perfectly clean? Godly perfection clean. How godly perfection clean? You cannot stain. I mean it is faultless, blameless, no condemnation. You are like you, you are perfect, 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 perfect. That's why the creatures around the throne of God, what do they cry out? Holy, holy, holy. In fact, in some translations. I just realized it last week, two weeks back. In some translations in that verse, in Revelation, when John sees these creatures around the throne, it says the creatures are in the midst of the throne. That means it's, the creatures are a type of, uh, Pastor Stephen is talking about the four faces of Jesus, which is the four faces. The, The creatures have those four faces. But what are the creatures crying out? It says in the Bible, it says in many manuscripts, it is translated nine times. Why nine? Holy, 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 God the Father. Holy, 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 God the Son. Holy, 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 God the Holy Spirit. There are nine times of holy in that, actually. So, so But it says in that uh, revelation, this, this creatures has what all over? Ice. Eyes all over and where else? Inside them they have eyes and outside they have eyes. They, are, they have eyes everywhere. And when they, with all their complete eyes, are looking at, looking at God, they, what they are saying is, with all that we can see, inside and outside, you are holy. Right? You get it? With all that I can see. Like when we are setting up a security camera system in our house, in a new house. So we're trying to put cameras all over so that we can, there's no blind spot. Everywhere you can see, correct? See, if I say, if I put cameras only on the front side, no cameras on the back side, can I say that there are nobody coming into a property from the house? No unless I put cameras everywhere, then only I will know I can make that statement. So that is why the creatures have eyes all over inside and outside because they want to make sure that there is no, they can give a faithful witness to the fact that God is holy. But for that they need to have eyes to see. So they have eyes inside and outside. That means from what can be seen, what cannot be seen, they can they are saying, they are making a statement that they are holy. But what is amazed is, who is sitting before God's throne in revelation? The 24 elders. So when they are looking at the 24 elders, what are they saying? Holy, holy, holy. Because they are see because they are seeing everywhere. But so in God's presence are the 24 elders, and then they look at 24 elders, and the 24 elders are holy. You get this picture? So when they are looking at God. God is holy, but the 24 elders are also holy. So that is why the 24 elders are not consumed. But they fall down in worship. Why do they fall down in worship? Out of fear? No. Out of gratitude of a God who makes us holy without any, as a gift. You got it? When God declares you righteous, He declares you righteous as a gift. Jesus was made sin so that you may be made the righteousness of God. Made means you are not becoming the righteousness of God; you are made righteous. Made righteous. Now let's remember we talked about worship. Why do we end up worshiping God? Why do we worship God? Why? You know, Alkish talked about you know we need to worship God, right? Because the Bible, there's a pattern of worship. Every time people showed up before God, they're worshiping God. But why do we worship God? Is it work to worship God? It's not work to worship God. It should be out of a, a response to what He's done for us, correct? Now let's look in Revelation. When was that? When did John fall down and worship? Look at this. You want to see that? Look at this. See, connect you to your. The fact that God has made you righteous. Look at that. Let's go to Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19. Okay. Are you all there? let's read from uh, verse 6 onwards. And I heard, now this is John writing, and I heard as it were a voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, as the sound of mighty thunderings, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God, Almighty, omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. Let us be glad and give him glory. Why? Because for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. So, so if you are going to get married to the lamb, marriage is between two equals or, if, or of the same kind? Do you marry a dog and a, anima, uh, and a man? No. When you marry somebody, what is intrinsically I- implied? you are the same kind correct you are the same kind that means you are the same of the same essence correct so when he says let us be glad because the marriage of the lamb has come but the bride has made herself ready that means the bride cannot marry this lamb unless the bride is what ready hallelujah now now this is a challenge how can the bride be ready we have been taught and preached bride needs to be ready bride needs to be ready you cannot be ready on your own brothers (laughs) and sisters this is so funny look at this a wife has made herself ready and look at verse 8 and to her it was granted granted means what it was given given. she did not she did not have to do it it was given to her what was granted to her? Let's look at it. she It was granted to her to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. You got it? What was granted to her, Rajesh? It was granted to her. What was granted to her? Arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. For the and and uh, and uh, John is clarifying for the fine linen is the Righteousness. Righteousness. of the saints, which is a mistranslation, correct? That word, righteous acts, is the word called judgment of the saints or a decree of the saints or a righteous decree of the saints. That means God has declared you righteous. That's the word there. It's one word, the same word is used for as decree, as being ordained righteous. Like when a judge proclaims an accused righteous, that is the Greek word. means the fine linen is a proclamation of righteousness from God the Father to you, to the bride. He says, "You are bright, white and beautiful, and it's been granted to you as a gift, because we know what is that. It's a righteousness as a gift. So, the moment it was given to the bride, what was the response of John? Look at this. Right, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. That means, called to the marriage supper of the Lamb it means we are getting married, we are marrying the Lamb. And he said to them, These are the true sayings of God. Why is he emphasizing that these are true? That means, the, when the Father says, You are righteous, he has made you righteous. John is reaffirming the fact to the church. Guys, believe this fact. You are completely righteous. And it has been given to you as a gift. These are true. Whatever Satan tells you, whatever preachers talk to you, whatever you think about yourself, whatever your spouse tells you, don't believe it. These are the true sayings of God. What are the true sayings of God? That you are Right. Do you understand how powerful this proclamation is? Because this word, this this righteous proclamation of God is, he's in reference to that. This is true. The judge has now pronounced you righteous forever. You got it? Okay. Look at the response of uh, John. Verse ten. The moment it dawned on John, the inheritance that he is receiving because he is righteous. Oh my goodness! You're going to get married. To the heir of the world, you're, you're getting married to the heir of God, you're getting married to the only begotten son of God. Can you believe if you had you decided that I can't pick up any man because your guys are all married, <laughs> and there's no single out here. <laughs> if you had decided to be married to the only son of the emperor of the land, what, what is, what would what's your response? What's your response? Jump? No, I fall down in gratitude. I mean, I don't deserve it. I'm not of the same bloodline. I have no heritage. I have not done anything to earn it. And it has been granted to me to be married to the lamb. And not only that, I've been being made worthy to be married to the lamb. Hallelujah. What is the response of John? I fell down to worship him. Who worship him? He goes, he, goes, he falls down to worship the angel. Who is proclaiming the good news. He is so filled with gratitude. He falls on at the feet of the angel. I mean. I am just so glad. He is kissing the angel. He is worshipping the angel. Because he is so glad to get the good news. Sometimes you know when. when, um, Like you are waiting on a result. You want to get into this top level university. And the the courier guy comes and gives you. It doesn't happen here, but it happens in a lot of countries where the postman comes and gives you. You take the postman, bring him into the house, kiss him, love him, because you're because just so glad. He's just a bearer of good news and he falls down to worship the bearer of good news. I mean, the good news is so good. So now, why do we worship this father? Because he has given us this righteousness so freely and he's made us worthy to marry his son oh my goodness no this is not the time to say lord then are you telling me that now i can buy this house i can get this cutlery seriously <laughs> that is even that is even an insult to ask him that so are you mean that i don't have to live in perfect health uh, in disease that's given that's just given. Don't even insult me by asking me. I am giving you my son in marriage. Oh my goodness. In gratitude, we fall down at his feet and worship him. You see, now worship is, is because of this gratitude of righteousness that God gives it to us. And look at what he says. And I fell down at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, see, 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 see. hold on, hold on, hold on. This is getting too much. You know? See that you do not do this. I am your fellow servant and your, your brother and who have the testimony of Jesus. That means, oh, look at this is very powerful. Remember last time in the, in the Christmas life team, we talked about the kingdom is here. Very powerful message. You can, the message is up on the website. So you can listen to it. The kingdom is here. Right now we are in this kingdom. This is amazing. We are already in this kingdom. Correct? This kingdom is here. Correct? Under the old covenant, angels had a lot of authority because they were enforcers of God's judgments under the law. Correct? But under the new covenant, he, all authority, when Jesus rose, said what? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to angels? Angels? No. Jesus, to give it to me, go. Means now what he's doing with that authority? giving Giving it to you. Got it? For the first time in history, angels... Don't have the authority that sons of God have. Oh my goodness, now we have authority. For the for now it works on both sides. It works against Satan because Satan is an angel. He was he had authority for the longest period of time because that authority was with angels. Every act of disobedience was punished by angels. But now that authority has come to the son of God and to sons of God. And now we walk in that authority. Therefore, this gospel cannot be preached by angels. angels. It is be preached by sons of God. So we are sons of God. So we have authority. So, but what are now angels going to do? Angels have now authority to do what? Come on, what is the word I'm looking for? To minister to sons of God. They are now ministering to sons of God. Look at what this angel said. I am your fellow servant. servant. I am not only your servant, but anybody who has the testimony of Jesus. Jesus. So now our responsibility, there has been a job responsibility change for angels in this world. You got it? Now angels are serving whom? Us. Before angels were between us and God, executing judgment against all things unholy. Why? Because we are unholy. We are not righteous. So angels are executing judgments against us. Remember those angels standing guard at the, at the Garden of Eden, not allowing anybody to go because they are going to kill you. That's why everybody in the Old Testament, whenever they saw God, they were afraid that they will die. Rightfully saw so because they were not righteous. They are not born again. They are not made in the essence of God. They are not perfect. Look at what he says. I am, of the ser- I, I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. Worship God. And what does he say? For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. This is the heart of the Bible. The testimony of Jesus is the pr- spirit of prophecy. What he's saying is, the revelation of jesus is the spirit of prophecy every prophecy anything has to reveal jesus what happens when you see the beauty of jesus you will worship him and what does the next chapter starts with the moment he said that look at verse 11 and i saw heaven open and behold a white th- horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war who is he seeing He's saying Jesus. Exactly what he said. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The revelation, the book of Revelation, is not a revelation of the Antichrist. It's not the revelation of the coming the wrath of God. It's not a revelation. It is a revelation of what? It's a revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ in all his beauty. You got it? And the angels are declaring it. He says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What does the spirit of prophecy mean? If you want to prosper in life, I'm putting it in absolute black and white terms. If you want to prosper in life, reign in life, see more of Jesus. If you want to prosper in life, you want to do anything in life, see more of Jesus. See him. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You don't worry about, say, but Lord, I have all these needs in my life. I have all these challenges. I'm saying is don't worry about all that. The needs, let their needs be where they are. You see Jesus. Let him take care of your needs because the beauty, the testimony of Jesus will take care of everything in your life. I'm telling you, I've observed it. The, we started seeing the beauty of Jesus. <laughs> I mean, we were born again for a long time. But the beauty of Jesus, we only started seeing, really, last couple of years. I'm telling you, this sounds a little theoretical and theological, but it's a very brass root. We started as a family, started to see the beauty of Jesus. You know, the, we understood the power of Jesus. The saving grace of Jesus. But the beauty of Jesus. Oh my goodness. We only started seeing it the last couple of years. Coincident with that revelation. Started coming great prosperity into our life. I'm telling you this is very practical. Because in the beauty of Jesus is all your needs. In the beauty of Jesus is all your supply. In the beauty of Jesus is everything that you need for life your health, your everything, your promotion, your exaltation, it's in the beauty of Jesus. Don't, you spend time meditating on the beauty of Jesus. You got it? You be amazed why the bush is not consumed. You got it? He's not amazed that, he's saying, how is it? Because he's seen the gospel of Jesus Christ. That means you are righteous. Why are you righteous? Because you see a Jesus who is righteous. You got it? Are you getting this picture? Okay, let's go back to Exodus chapter 1. There is so much. There is so much there, but I want. I, obviously, we are not be able to cover everything because this is such a deep topic. In fact, all the episodes, I mean, brothers and sisters, listen to me. This is such a this this message of righteousness that you are not righteous or you need to be more righteous than yesterday is an error of Balaam. I mean, it is the, it is the number one strategy of Satan against believers. Is the error of Balaam. It is not the way of Cain. The way of Cain is before you are born again. He doesn't want you to get into the kingdom. By the way of. He wants you to work. To get into salvation. See for believers he cannot come with the way of Cain. Because you are already. No you are already saved. You are in the kingdom. Now, now he has. Now he, he changes strategy. Now he wants to make sure. That you don't reign on the earth. Correct. Once you are dead, you are of no use to him. Remember, I remember last time he said, this kingdom is powerful because you have a body. This physical flesh and blood is real body. You can only exercise authority on the earth with what? I'm telling you, this might look old. Some some are dark, some are fair, some are beautiful, some are grey, some are weak, some have... Huh? Six packs. George has six packs, and you know? But it doesn't matter. <laughs> as long as you have this, you can exercise authority on the Earth. The moment you leave this Earth, you take what with you. this lips you go. You take lips with you. you cannot exercise authority on the Earth. That is why, that is why. Satan recognized that he even fought for the body of Moses after he died because he wanted to use the body because that body has authority. And God has a plan with the body of Jesus, Moses. And that's something we'll talk about it some other later. But Satan knows that God, if God wants to enforce authority on the earth, he needs physical bodies. That is why you as being volunteers in the day of his power are able to exercise power. Got it. Okay. Why did we go there? Where did we shift from there? Let's go back to Exodus chapter one. Exodus chapter one. Exodus chapter three. Let's go back to Exodus chapter three. And he says, do not draw this place. Take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. Why did he say, take the sandals off your feet? Why, why did, why did men wear sandals? why do men wear sandals? Dust and hurt and thorns and stubble. But the place where God is, that means there is no dust, thorns, any curse. So you don't need any sandals where he is. You got it? Take your sandals off because you are insulting me by wearing sandals here because you are saying there is thorns there. There is no thorns. If sandals were needed, God would have created man with sandals. Oh, I forgot. Oh, I really forgot about his feet. (laughs) Can you imagine a naked man walking with sandals? (laughs) That must be Jerry in your pajamas. eh? (laughs) You know, so we we scoot around our rooms naked sometimes. Watch the camera. Watch the camera. Oh, yeah. (laughs) the camera. Okay. So, It's like God in our afterthought. No, he didn't make man with sandals because there was no curse on the earth. There was nothing. I mean, everything was, the grass was singing. You know, it was holding them up and it's perfect. So here it's saying, take your sandals off. For the place where you stand is holy ground. But it's also telling Moses that you are a servant. You are not a son. Because in the old covenant, Moses was a servant. But in the new covenant, remember when the, uh, the younger uh, son came back, the prodigal son, he came back home. What does the father did first thing? He put rope, he put ropes, he gave him a ring and then he put sandals on his feet. That means you are a son. But in the new covenant, we have sandals on our feet because we are on this earth. Here there is dust, but now you are a son. You can walk in authority. Hallelujah. Okay, let's look at this. And then I want to focus on verse 7, verse 6. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. Rightfully so, rightfully so. He's afraid to look upon God because he is not holy. Correct? That's a concept. But look at it. In the New Testament, it says, we with unveiled faces see the, in the face of Jesus Christ, we see the glory of God. (laughs) This is so beautiful. In the New Testament, it's exactly the opposite. We with unveiled faces will see God's face plainly. Means in the face of Jesus Christ. We are supposed to see his face. But here, they couldn't. Okay, keep looking. And, and, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. You know, many times when we tell people, oh, I really understand. You know, it's like, you don't understand anything. No, I've, I've been in that place. No, you have not been in that place, you know. When man says, I know your sorrows, it's different than when Jesus says, I know your sorrows. When Jesus is saying here to Moses, I know your sorrows, means what? He knows their sorrows. He's going to take their sorrows one day, correct? He knows their sorrows. He's no, I have seen it. I've come down. Look at what he says. Now, verse eight is what I want you to focus on. For so I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Say, out of the hand. So now we are out of Satan's hand. Do you agree? Yes. Now let's look at the next promise. People stick only at the fact that believers are out of the hand of Satan. But God, Jesus is not stopping there with Moses. He's saying, this is what I've come down. I have come down to deliver them out of the hand. Say, out of the hand. Who has come down? Jesus has come down. Correct? Remember, Jesus is what? Who came down? Who has come down? God didn't. God the Father has not come down. God the Father comes down after Jesus came down. Now he resides in us. Correct? But Jesus came down. God sent his son. I have come down. To deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land. Say good and large. Good and large. Good and large. I like that verse. Then say to a land flowing with milk and honey. Say milk and honey. Milk and honey. Then look at that. To a place of the six kings. Six giants. Six giant kingdoms. These were kingdoms of giants. Correct? so this is a land that is occupied by six kingdoms of giants what kind of cities do giants build giant. giant cities what kind of houses do giants build giant houses so god is using labors of giants to build property for israelites let me repeat God is using labor of giants to build real estate for the Israelites. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? So God is saying, this is my promise. I have not only come down to take you, deliver you out of the hand of Pharaoh, which is what you have done. You all are out of the hand of Pharaoh. Are you agreed? Yes. Yes. But now he wants you to take you to the first, to a good and large. Say good and large good and large, then milk and honey and to the land of the giants see how many kings how many kingdoms are mentioned here can you count, six, why six no 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 no. Satan is not six, Satan uses six yes it's the strength of man that means he uses the full strength of kings of men, All the strength of men he uses to build their kingdoms and he gives it to Israelites as an inheritance hallelujah he doesn't use two men he doesn't use three men he uses the full strength of man to build the best cities to give to the Israelites so I'm telling you this is the promise of the God in the burning bush that came to what is the we just studied what is the picture of the burning bush what is amazed about the burning bush That the bush did not consume. What is amazement about the fact that the bush did not consume? This is a picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When God can live in man and man is not consumed. Isn't it? The moment you see that picture, what happens to that God? When God lives in you, the God of the universe lives in you. The God who is giving his son to you in marriage. What kind of house will he need to live Say good and large. Milk and honey. And full strength of the giants. Because he needs big real estate. Because it's not because you need big real estate. He is the one who needs big real estate. Because the Bible says, what is a place where God can... What, can, what, what is a house that you can build? When heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. But yet he will dwell in you. Hallelujah. So he makes a place that he dwells in. A good and large place. A rich place. A land flowing with milk and honey. And a land where the giants have built it for you. You see, they were thinking that the giants are against them. But giants were his God's strategy. I mean... What kind of houses were they walking in, going to walk into the land of Canaan? What kind of houses do you think they were getting in? Because these giants were like like 15 feet and 30 feet giants, the Bible says. 30 feet giants, man, how do they enter their house? Their doors would be what, 30, 40 feet doors. So God is saying, now I want you to go and inherit these places. He's giving them to them. Because why? Because he says, I have seen them. I have seen them and I'm going to give it to them as a promise. Hallelujah. Are you guys ready? Are you excited? But for you to be able to inherit the second, third and fourth promise, what should be the revelation that you need to receive? That you are are holy. That you are righteous. Because if you think you are unclean, guess what's going to happen when you want to walk into the houses of the giants? What will happen? What will happen? What will happen? You'll be afraid. Correct? You'll be afraid. That is why. Now let's go back to, let's go back to Romans chapter. Are you guys ready? Do you understand? Just in that first revelation of Moses to Jesus appearing to Moses, how powerful it is. See how they missed completely. They came out of Egypt, but they never inherited the next three promises. But Jesus is telling Moses in that one breath, I have come down to give you this resting. I brought you out. I will take you in. It's not like I brought you out. Now, Rajesh, work at it. (laughs) No, I brought you out. I will take you in because it is my responsibility. But now what happens is a lot of believers, the moment they are out of the kingdom of darkness are now trying to earn their way in. You cannot earn. That is called, say, repeat after me, the error of bala. What is the error of bala? What is the error of Bala? Satan. This is Satan's number one strategy against believers. And before that, let's let's read Romans chapter. There's so much stuff to go, but I don't know whether we'll have time. But I cannot but share some of the parts because you all need to go back and study yourself. Okay, let's go to Romans chapter. Romans chapter. Romans chapter 4. Okay. Romans chapter uh, 3. Uh, Romans chapter 3, verses 21. Can somebody read that log? But now the
1: righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the
0: prophets. Right. So righteousness of law apart from the law. So it is nothing to do with the law, it is apart from the law. Okay? Let's read uh, verse 27. Say, where is boasting then? It is ecturus. Say, there there is no boasting. In this righteousness. There is no boasting. So when you say, I am righteous, guess what happens? You think that you are boasting. Correct? Correct? That's a lie. In this righteousness that God gives you as an inheritance. Revelation says that it has been granted to her to be arrayed in white linen. In this righteousness, why does John fall down at the feet of angel? Because he realizes that there is nothing to boast. Like when, they, when the creatures cry out, holy, 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 and they are looking at the 24 elders, why do the 24 elders fall down at their feet? Same reason. Because the 24 elders are saying, my goodness, these creatures can see inside out, and they are looking at me, and they are saying that I am Holy. Oh my goodness. I have nothing to boast about. I have nothing. See, boasting is excluded. Say boasting is excluded. I'm telling you, you all guys are going to get ready to inherit the lands and the houses and the stuff that God has prepared by the giants in this world. It's inheritance in this world. Not hereafter. Okay. Hereafter, it's here. Why do you think God created man on the earth, which is his footstool? So that he can put us under his feet? No! No! Because we are God, the enforcers of his authority against his enemies. His enemies are here. So he sends his best tribes, his best generals to the... To, when the king... Where, where does the king send his top generals to fight? Front line. Front line. Which front line? The top generals? More resistance. So when God created man on the earth, the, Satan thought, man, this is like playing into my hand. This is exactly where I want him to make. He didn't realize God is creating his sons out here to enforce authority on the earth. But he's enforcing it through. By living in them. You got it? Okay, look at it. Boasting is excluded. Okay, now let's go to uh, Romans chapter 4. Verse Verse uh, uh, 3. Uh, bobby can you read that romans chapter 4 verse 3 but what does the say? believed god and it was to him for okay keep reading 4 and 5 okay Okay, now I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ponder here, okay? I want you all all to read this verse five. Okay? Everybody read the Bible. Romans chapter four, verse five. Because remember we always read Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. How many of you have read that? Okay. This verse clarifies what Abraham believed. Okay, he's trying to explain what. We know Abraham believed. So you're thinking, did Abraham believe that God will raise Isaac from the dead? Or did Abraham believe that he is going to have a child? Or did Abraham, what about, what aspect of Abraham did God credit to him as righteousness? Is it, is it important for you to know that? Right? Why is it important for you to know what aspect of Abraham God credited him to as righteousness? Why, should, why is it important for us to know that? Because we saw the effects of that righteousness in Abraham's life. What happened to Abraham when God declared him righteous? What happened to him? He prospered, he prospered exceedingly. He became one of the wealthiest people in the Middle East. Correct? What else happened? He, he, became he became very fruitful. Though he was old, his body started rejuvenating. Not just his, but his wife's. Guess what? How many children did he have? He had Sarah's wife. After Sarah passed away, guess what? He was still having children to other wives. But the guy wouldn't stop. But I mean, he, he can't help it because he's being fruitful because his righteousness is working in him. Say righteousness. righteousness. Working, in working in me. See, I'm saying his righteousness is working in him. It is not him working. His righteousness is working. So it is very important for you to know what about Abraham's righteousness did God, What about Abraham's believing did God credit to Abraham as righteousness? Would you be interested to know that? That would be like the best thing I would like to know in the Bible, right? Because God is always referring to himself as the God of Abraham. I remember the covenant that I made with Abraham. I treated him as righteous. Now, this verse explains it. I want you to read it very slowly. Let's read it. Verse 5. But to him, say, but to him, him, who does not work. work. Come on, now repeat after me. But to him, him, who does not work. work. (laughs) So the first criteria is? not Not working now this is going to shatter a lot of holy cows and sacred cows and wrong beliefs in your life correct first first qualification for this righteousness is you should not you should not work now he's not talking about physical work correct i mean you'll have one one big problem with all the wives if all the husbands just sit at home and not work right not work right you'll you're, a, you're a producing producing in a sense of the, the life-giving force of God working through you. Got it? Okay. But the first qualification is you have no boasting in this. You got that point? It's still connected to the previous one. There is no boasting involved in this. You got it? You shall not work. Correct? Let's read it. But to him who does not work but but he has to do something. But, but believe on him. What, what about him? He has to believe in a God who justifies the ungodly. Oh my goodness. You have to believe in a God who justifies not the godly. Who justifies the ungodly. God, his faith is accounted for righteousness. I got it. God says, if you believe that if you do good and you're rewarded, God doesn't call that faith. See, the religion always teaches you that, right? Religion teaches believe in a God who justifies the godly. Correct? Correct? Correct! That is wrong. (laughs) Satan wants you to always believe that because he says, the moment you believe that, God cannot give you righteousness as a gift. I want you to read this very slowly. Now I want you to read this very slowly. Not really, but to him who does not work but believes on him, who justifies the ungodly. It's like saying God justifies the guy who does not do the right things. Oh my goodness, why would you do that? But if you believe that God justifies the ungodly, God treats that righteous. Say, Anil, explain this to me. Are you trying to say that this God is an unjust God? He is overlooking sin. He is doing all the stupid things. I am teaching my children to do all right things, but you are telling me have faith in a God who overse- overlooks all the sin? No! he's saying that God... If you believe in a God who has made provision for your ungodliness, who has made provision for your sin, and has taken care of the sin in a justful way, but gives it to you as a righteousness, if you believe that that is possible with this God, it is possible with this God, Rajesh, that you are blessed, even though you do not work, even though you don't fast, you don't don't pray, you do not do all the regulations that are needed, you do not do anything that the Lord did, but you believe that God will... Still consider me righteous in Christ Jesus. God treats that accounted to him as righteousness. Do you want this righteousness or do you want to work for your righteousness? Oh my goodness, this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why do you think Satan never preaches this? Because this is the righteousness that produces the prosperity, the victory, the health, the power in your life. Because everything else is the way of Cain. Because that glorifies man. Boasting is involved in that. That's why you talk to any religious person. They always have a sense of pride. They are even proud about their humility. (laughs) They are always proud. Because boasting is there. But in the righteousness that God gives you, boasting is excluded. Repeat after me. Boasting is excluded. So when you say, I'll ask you, Bobby, are you righteous? What's your responses? I am perfectly righteous. How righteous? Perfectly righteous. If the creatures around the throne of God look at you and say you are holy, who are you to say that you are unclean? Do you get this? You are perfectly righteous. Now, why is it important? So now you say his faith, this faith, his faith is accounted to him as righteous. Now, for the first time, we understood why Abraham was prospering. Do you want to see the actual practical implication of this in Abraham's life? Okay? Guys, do you all have any other thing to do apart from understanding this? Okay. (laughs) Okay, let's go to Genesis chapter. Because I'm telling you, sometimes it's good to just sit at Jesus' feet and understand just the master key that opens everything. Correct? Why do you have to go through 100 keys when I can tell you this is the key that opens? No, 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 Anil, I have to check every key. You know, by the way, have you realized that? Have you realized that when you have a bunch of keys, it's always the last key that opens the door? (laughs) I I have seen that so many times. It's always the last key that opens the door. I'm like, why can't I get that key the first time? You know, God is saying, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you, right? I'll give it to you. Why, Why struggle? I'll give it to you the key. The key is what? The key is righteousness as a gift. If you have any doubt about this, you will not be able to reign on the earth. I'm sorry. You cannot reign on the earth. You will reign in heaven because you will see how perfect you are. See, what is the difference between now and heaven? Prasad, what's the difference between earth and heaven? In earth, you don't think you are righteous. But in heaven, you will know you are righteous. That's Is the difference. Because, you, before, because in, there you will see Jesus and in Jesus, you see yourself. You see Jesus perfect, you see yourself perfect. But on the earth, you don't see Jesus and therefore you don't see yourself perfect. Therefore you stumble. The moment you stumble, you don't reign on the earth. But the moment, that's the only difference, think about it. You are a believer here, you are a believer in heaven. What's the only difference between now and heaven? What's the only difference? There you will know you're righteous. I'm saying start, start. start <laughs> I am saying, bypass all the problems, go past jail, go everything, go straight home. go. Go home. Go straight to righteousness right away. You got it? Account, get accounted, man. Account is a very powerful word. Account means, accounted, righteousness means what? Account is a financial word. When God accounts something, account means... In your account, there is a million dollars. And I'm not faking it. You have a million dollars. Done deal. It's accounted. If the bank t- If I tell you, you're like, ah, oh, please, man. You're in your spirit and in your like, whatever you say. But if the bank calls you, ungodly bank calls you, Rajesh, <laughs> and, tells you, <laughs> and tells you, you have a million dollars in your bank, what's your response? You believe it. That they are telling you. But that's the same word. The word of righteousness. Okay, now, where are we? Okay, let's go to the actual practical application. So Abraham becomes very rich in the time of his greatest deceit. Ah, let's look at this. Genesis chapter... Uh, Genesis chapter 20. Uh, I'm going to run through it, but I want you to understand this is very powerful. Because I want you to get this implication. Because this implication is very, 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 very critical for a, for your walk to reign on the earth. Now, guys, like if you if you're like, I don't want to reign on the earth, Anil. I'm just like tired. Okay, I just want to have a small house. I want to live in a, in, a, in a small job. I just want to be content. I just don't want to. I don't want to minister. I don't want to preach the gospel. I just want to have my family life, my small life, and I want to die and go to heaven. If you don't want to reign in life, that's fine. No, But if you guys want to reign in life, right? If you want to minister the gospel, if you want to... if You you have to let the world envy you and your gospel, correct? The gospel that restores, that makes you well, that makes you prosperous, does everything. You want to reign on the earth, right? You need this. If you don't want to reign, there's no problem. But if you want to reign, you need this. Let's look at Genesis chapter 20. Now, Abraham journeyed from there to the south. South is very close to Egypt, dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and stayed in Gerar. Now, Abraham said to Sarah, his wife, she's my sister, right away. <laughs> this is so good. Abraham said to Sarah, his wife, you are my sister. <laughs> I, I, wish, I wish life works like that. Right? <laughs> oh my goodness. Abraham said to Sarah, his wife, is my sister. I mean... Which commandment is he breaking? I mean, he's just breaking it up, right? No, and the Bible doesn't even kind of sugarcoats it. Abraham said to Sarah, his wife, you're my sister. I like it. Okay. So he's like broke the law, broke everything, non-morality. Now is he godly or ungodly? Is he godly or ungodly? He is godly, but what, his actions are godly or ungodly? Guys, is his actions godly or ungodly? Yes. Ungodly. Correct? Correct? So, should he expect to prosper or not prosper? Should he expect bad things to happen right now in his life? Yes. yes. According to the world's method, he is ungodly. He told a lie. Now bad things are going to happen. Guess what? Bad things starts happening. Correct? Exactly what happens. Okay. Then he said to Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. Right away. <laughs> Same verse bad thing happened. I mean, he doesn't even take next verse. Exactly how the world operates. You made a mistake, bang, you're God. I mean, it's like, God, just give him a, give him at least one verse extra. No, no! I just love the Holy Spirit. How he just, he just makes the point. You know? One verse, half a sentence, you're gone, man. You're God. Because he's expecting, he's expecting evil and he gets evil. You got it? Why do you think he's thinking about Sarah's my sister? Because he's He's expecting Gerard to take him. And exactly that happens. So in, as a believer, our operation of life should not always be, this is bad, things will happen. Guess what? That's stupidity. Why, Why should bad things happen to you? You are the righteousness of God. If, if Jesus was walking on the earth, will bad things happen to him? No! He, nobody could touch him. When the Jews came to him and said, he's in Galilee. Galilee is ruled by a tetra called Herod. And he is now preaching and ministering and casting out demons. And this, uh, these teachers come and tell him, they don't want Jesus in their land. So they are using the excuse of Herod. They say, Herod is going to, he's coming after you. He said, tell that fox, I'm going to preach today, tomorrow, and on the third day, I will go. He says, I don't care for you. You may be the tetrarch of this land, but you have no authority over me. Why does Herod have no authority over him? Why does the people of Nazareth cannot stone him? Why cannot nobody touch Jesus? What is about Jesus that nobody could touch him? Why? He is righteous. Once you are righteous, there cannot, judgments cannot stick to you. Guys, you all need to understand that. When you are righteous, no evil shall come nigh thee. You are righteous. Do you understand the force of righteousness? Righteousness. Righteousness is the most powerful force on the earth. All the earth and its systems, the economy, the power, the wealth, the resources, the diseases, the viruses, they all respect righteousness because they cannot violate God's law. My goodness, it's so powerful. No, Every micro single cell bacteria knows cannot touch a righteous man because it's a law. It doesn't matter whether you live in Highland Park or you live in Frisco. The law of gravity just works. No, in our I pay HOA fees, so law of gravity is a little less in my... No! HOA fees has nothing to do with law of gravity. It's a law. There is a law of righteousness on the earth. When the ground will not produce for a cursed man, it will not produce. You move destinations, you move jobs, you move locations, it will not produce. Because you think you are unrighteous, so it will always produce for you judgments. It's a law. Do you understand this power of this righteousness thing? So God had to take care of this in a legal way. Before, you go, ah, no, 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 no. I just love Bobby. Even though she is evil, but I'll have to bless her. No, God cannot do that. He has to legally find a way to justify her. And that's why he sent his son Jesus. You got it? Okay, let's look at this verse. And then, uh, then, but God... now, And the king of Garat sent and took Sarah. But, again, I like the word but. Now, this guy's is ungodly. He just did an ungodly act, right? He's suffering the consequences of that ungodly act. But, but God, but God... And God, it should be. <laughs> no, but God. Why? Because God is trying to do now, doing something totally unexpected. God came to Abimelech in the dream by night and said to him, Indeed, you're a dead man. Hold it. You got the wrong man. <laughs> you got the wrong man out here. God comes by night to Abimelech and tells him that you are a dead man. You got it wrong. You need to go to Abraham in the middle of the night and tell him, you are a dead man because you just lied. No. That doesn't know how righteousness with God works. Once he declares you righteous, it doesn't matter what you did. God ca- accounted to you as righteous. He will destroy your enemies even though they have a legal right technically against you. Wow. That is so powerful. That means even when you messed up, God still has to stand for you Oh my goodness, now he doesn't mean not only just stand for you, he makes him extremely prosperous because of this one sin. Oh my goodness, are you, do you understand this revelation that God justifies the ungodly? Now Abraham knows that God is going to justify me, even though I messed up. Okay, l- listen to this. Because of the woman whom you have taken for, she is a man's wife. He doesn't, God doesn't care what Abraham told Abimelech. Now, Abimelech has come, has not, look at verse 4. But Abimelech had not come near her. That means, Abimelech did not lie down with her. I mean, the guy is pretty clean. Pretty clean. But God doesn't care. He cannot take his wife, touch his wife. And he said, Lord, will you slay a righteous nation also? So what is Abimelech telling, talking about himself? He's righteous. Because he's righteous, why? Because he didn't touch her. her. (laughs) But does... Oh, this is powerful. This is just the Holy Spirit right now. Does God account Abimelech, his righteousness? No. This is exactly where the world gets it wrong. The world thinks righteousness comes because of what they did or did not do. But God does not account righteousness like that at all. But for a believer, God doesn't account righteousness because of your acts. He accounts it because of what you? Believe. Come on, guys, repeat. Because of what you? Believe. You see the distinction that happened? Abhi Malik is boasting about his acts. But God doesn't account righteousness to him because of his act. God still wants to kill him. Why is Abimelech righteous? No. Has he committed some sin in his life? Yes. yes. He must have not committed this sin, but has he committed some sin? Yes. So is he already on on death row? Yes. Correct. So it's it's only a question of when to pull the trigger. <laughs> See, the world is in a death row. All God has to say is, okay, pull that guy's trigger. Okay, isko nikal do, usko You know, in Hindi. I'm sorry. <laughs> But God doesn't do that. Everybody's on shaky foundation. Just because you're living doesn't mean that you're righteous. You're you're just on borrowed time. Waiting for the revelation of Jesus to hit you. So that God wants to rescue you. Do you see the difference? One depends on righteousness by his actions. The other depends on righteousness because of he believes in a God who justifies the ungodly. Do you want to walk in this righteousness where God justifies you because he calls you righteous? not because of what you did you have to start believing, living it you have to believe in your spirit you you already are, unfortunately that's what I said, what's the difference between now and heaven, the same, it's the same person going to heaven, it's not like a different spirit, like Rajesh dies and goes as a different spirit there, shows up no, he's still Rajesh in heaven I mean God gives him a new name hopefully because the Bible says I will give him a new name that no one knows but except himself, correct, I'm sure George, I don't know what's your new name going to be I know you never like George, but <laughs> but you have hope. <laughs> but but that's how it is. That's how it is. Okay, let's read this. Will you slay a righteous nation? Also, doesn't matter. He's not going to account him to him as righteous. Did he? Did he not say to me, "She's my sister"? So Abhimanyu is still talking. So you keep talking, man. It's not going to help you. But she even said. Even she said, "He's my brother." In the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hands, I have done this. Now he talks about his righteousness, he talks about his integrity, he talks about his innocence. Man, he is going all the way. But still, is he righteous? No. no. Then God said to him in a dream, I know, yes, now look at this. Yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart. For I also withheld him, withhold you from sinning against Me, Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife. For he is a... What do prophets do? No. They tell lies about their wives. (laughs) Do prophets tell lies about their wives? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I need to call JR. (laughs) But God calls Abraham a prophet. That means... He is using of all the offices that God could use for Abraham. He could have said that he is a king. He could have said that he is a priest. He could have said that he is a good man. He uses what to describe him? Prophet. prophet. What do prophets use? Words. So in the very area in which he sinned, God recognizes him as a prophet. Prophet. I'm in the very area. In the very area of your weakness, God declares you righteous. In the very area where you lack, God calls you perfect. That means in the area which produces the sin in his life is the area that God uses to bless him. As a righteous man, your words, you always prophesy those things that do not exist as though they do. What do prophets uh, prophesy? They prophesy things that do not exist as if they do. You as a believer, as a righteous person, as a righteous woman, our job over our families and upon our health and upon our finances, upon our ministry should always be to prophesy those things that are not as though they do, not giving regard to your current condition. Repeat after me. Not giving regard to your current condition. It has nothing to do with your current condition. Because it has nothing to do with your righteousness. You'll say, but Anil, let me fast and pray for 30 days, then I am in a good position to believe. You got it wrong. Okay. Uh, I think the Holy Spirit is provoking me to tell you this message, this part. Remember when Jesus and the three disciples, they came down from the Mount of Transfiguration, and they came down and they saw these disciples, the other disciples, trying to cast out a demon from a a child, and the demon would not go out. Correct? And then... and finally jesus came and said how long should i be with you how long should i put up with you and he cast the demon out with a word correct later on these disciples came back and asked, said jesus how is it that we could not cast him out Correct. and then we have always heard this word saying that jesus said that but this kind does not come by except by prayer and fasting But actually that word and fasting is not there in the original scripture. That's how interesting that word and fasting is not there in the original scripture. It says this kind shall only come by prayer. Prayer means by asking. If you go back and read, and I want you to go back and study it. In any of the other gospels, read the same incident. Before they came down from the mountain, these disciples were disputing with scribes. What are the scribes disputing with the disciples? The law. They are saying that this this demon cannot come back unless you are completely clean. Or unless you have obeyed the Sabbath. Or unless you have done something from... So they are justifying the fact that these demons cannot come out unless you have something to do perfect with the law. And Jesus asked them what they were disputing about in one of the Gospels. Because they were disputing, what do the scribes dispute about? The scribes dispute about the law. So why were they were not able to cast out this demon? Because when it came to this demon, where was Jesus there when this was happening? No. When the moment Jesus was not there, the scribes got an opportunity to judge them for their uncleanness. The moment they were judged, they could not cast the demon out. So Jesus says, this kind cannot come out just because of your righteousness or because you kept the law. It will only come out by just by asking. Asking means what is not involved in this? Anything that, Anything that you can do. You don't have to work at it. You don't have to fast about it. See, the word, how, the, how the authors put that additional word just to corrupt it and fasting is not there. In the original scripture. It's not there. Because it is inti- because it is almost made. Because of that one verse. Every time. Oh we need to fast and pray for 30 days. You need to do. Again. So is boasting involved? Yes. yes. See how Satan. Satan will always corrupt. Your righteousness with the law. Or what you did. Jesus said this kind comes except by nothing but by asking that means how do you cast out demons just say in the name of jesus i cast it out you just ask the father what you want when you ask you don't need to be work asking is not working he who does not work okay keep reading verse 7 and therefore restore this man wife for his prophet he will and he will pray for you now he redeems him He will pray for you and you shall live. And if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die. And you and all that is yours. And exactly what he says. And keep looking. We'll go down. Let's read verse 14. Then Abimelech took sheep, oxen. Let's look at it. Sheep, oxen, male and female servants, gave them to Abraham. And he restored Abraham his wife to him. And Abimelech said, See, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. Verse 16. Behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. Indeed, this is, indicates you before all that are with you. Therefore, before, before everybody. Thus, he was justified. The word rebuke is mistranslated. It means justified in the original. It says, thus she was justified. Look at what happened because of what Abraham did. What happened to him? Verse 14. He got sheep. Now, can, can you all repeat? Can you all tell me what all he got? Sheep, oxen, male, female servants... Land, silver, come on, count guys, count, count, come on, let's start. Sheep, oxen, male and female servants, land, silver, how many? Did he get six? Did everybody get six? Exactly what Jesus said to Moses, I will give you your inheritance in the land everything that the Gentiles are fighting for, I will give it to you because of your righteousness. This is powerful. This guy in one event got land, male servants, silver, everything. And started off with an ungodly act. But Abraham says, I believe a God who justifies the ungodly. Do you believe in your life that God now declares you justified? Do you believe it? You cannot stop the wealth that is going to come into your life. So when the wealth and the prosperity and the victory comes into your life, is there boasting involved? Why? You You don't work for it. He who does not work, but believes in a God who justifies the ungodly. It is accounted to him as righteousness. Do you get this picture? Do you see this practical application of righteousness that working for him? The moment he said then verse 17 so Abraham prayed for God and God healed Abimelech at this point of time Abraham does not have a child but yet he's a prophet he is causing those things to happen even the ones which does it does not is not there with him so can he say to Abimelech I understand how you feel no he doesn't have a child he doesn't have a child but Abimelech has children and he's praying for Abimelech's children <laughs> A righteous man will pray for things irrespective of what he has experienced with. Very important. We always think that we have to go through stuff to pray for people. You've heard that preached? Oh, you have to, brother, you have to go through stuff. Then you have sympathy and empathy. No! That means boasting is involved. Yes. You, you see this, how, how subtle the boasting is involved? If boasting is involved in your walk with God, you will not see the effects of fruitfulness in your life. So, Abimelech, should, Abraham should say, let me have children. Let me experience disease in my children. Then I will pray for your children. No! Nothing to do with it. I don't receive, I did not get this because of my strength. So, you want me to pray for your leprosy? No problem. You want to pray for your wealth? No problem. For sickness? Nothing to do with it because you are a prophet. You are a righteous prophet. And that is why the Bible says in James... The prayer, hold it. The prayer is the fasting of a righteous man. Avilat much? No, what? The prayer of a righteous man. Avilat much means is very effective. Say effective. Pr- my prayer, say my prayer, is very effective. I don't have to go through it. I do not have to have an experience with it. Whatever I ask, my father gives. Do you see the power of it? You can almost feel the anointing on your hands. You don't have to experience it. A prayer of an effective man. availeth much. So Elijah was a man with like nature. Like nature means what? What nature did Elijah have? Come on, let me see whether you got it. What nature did Elijah have? Huh? Say ungodly nature. He had an ungodly nature. But God does not treat him ungodly. Why? You go and read. He doubted God's word many times. When God said, he, when Elijah said, I hear the abundance of rain. Correct? Correct? In, when he first uh, prayed for the abundance of rain, he said, I hear the abundance of rain. Correct? And then after he's hearing that, he's saying, he's continuing to pray seven times. Why? Why? Why are you praying seven times when he heard the abundance of rain? Get up and run. Get up and run. Why? Because he had a nature just like us. What is our nature that Elijah had? He wanted to see it before he could believe it. So he wasted time. He bowed time seven times. And people take that passage and say, you need to persist in prayer. You need to persist in prayer. No! You need to hear him pray. You need to hear the abundance of prayer. The moment you hear the abundance of rain, what do you do? You run. run. No, I need to see it. So he's sending his servant seven times. Go and see whether there's a cloud. Go and see whether there's a cloud. And finally, the servant sees a cloud. I see a cloud as small as a fist. He said, oh, good, 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 good. Let's run. Guess what? You're going to run. The floods o'er You see? You're waiting too long. You're waiting. Because he has a nature just like us. He wants to see it before you can believe it. How many of you all want to see it before you can believe it? Nobody's raising their hands. (laughs) So you all don't have a like nature like Elijah? You all have, right? We want to see it before you believe it. But God says, prayer of, of a guy just like that. Available to much. that means you just have to still pray you still have to pray you'll say but Lord I don't have faith doesn't matter can you pray can you ask the father and believe it you're righteous you will reign in life you will reign in life you will reign in life can you give me 5 minutes and I will close with the error of Bala ok what is the error of Bala so Satan knows this technique very well and this is if, I don't, if you don't understand everything else I hope you understand this The error of Balaam is one of the most primest form of strategy of Satan against believers. What is the error of Balaam? So, Numbers chapter 22. Go to Numbers chapter 22. So, here was a king. uh, The children of Israel had moved and camped in the plains of Moab. Moab is across the Jordan, which is modern-day Jordan. It's a big land. Balak the son of Zippor saw all that the Israelite had done to the Amorites. So Balak is a king in Moab. He saw how effective Israel is fighting and winning all these battles against uh, the, the Gentile kingdoms. He saw how effective they are. Correct? He saw this. And he says I am going to call a guy called Balaam. He calls Balaam Balaam and he says look at verse and uh, uh, okay verse 6 then he sent verse 5 then he sent messengers to Balaam the son of Beor at Petor which is near the river okay look a people has come from from Egypt see they are covered the face of the earth and is settling next to me verse 6 therefore please come at once and curse this people for me underline the word curse For they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them out. For I know that he whom you bless is blessed. And he whom you curse is cursed. So he says if you can curse them. I can defeat them. You get this? If you can curse them. I can defeat them. To curse what do you need? Say words. words. So words are very important in satan's strategy against a believer he will not fight you militarily he will not fight you with his might in his method he will fight you using words words against you okay so think about it so but then god says to balam no you shall not go with them and you shall not curse so but yet god says go with them and but you will only say what i say correct At this point of time, Israelite is in the wilderness. Are they rebellious against God? Yes. They are. They are rebellious against God. Yeah, but I know what your question is. You are saying, are they righteous before God? Correct? They are not righteous before God at this point of time. Because they are rebellious, right? When do they become righteous? How did the Israelites become righteous when they were in the wilderness? Bobby? When they would sacrifice. Like the moment they would sacrifice god would account the sacrifice to them as what righteousness. righteousness you got it you see the picture so they would grumble but god would say bring a sacrifice the moment he smelled the sacrifice god would say you are righteous okay now let's go to verse 20 chapter 23 the next day next day uh, verse uh, chapter 22 verse 41 can you all read that So it was the next day that Balak took Balaam and brought him up to the high places of Baal. From there he might observe the extent of the people. Verse 23. Then Balaam said to Balak, now he is saying what the Lord is telling him, build seven altars for me and prepare for here seven bulls and seven rams. So what is he creating now? Altar. So he's creating a sacrifice. Before he can curse them, he's telling them prepare a sacrifice. The moment he created sacrifice, what happened? He started prophesying. Verse 8. How shall I curse whom God has not cursed? How shall I denounce whom God has not denounced? From from the top of the rocks I see him. I see a people dwelling alone, not reckoning itself to nations. And then verse 10. Let me die the death of the righteous and let my end be like this. So he's calling Israelite what right now? Righteous. The moment they, they sacrificed, he received the sacrifice and accounted to Israelite as righteous. And he says, this, this people is so different. They are righteous. I wish I could die like them. So he's currently calling righteous. So he, he says, man, this king uh, this is very upset. He says, go to a different place. So he again goes to a different place. Again, he makes seven altars, seven altars, uh, sacrifices on it. That's fine. That's fine. Leave it. And then he says verse 21. He again prophesies. Verse 21. He has not observed iniquity in Jacob. Wow. Nor has he seen wickedness in Israel. My goodness. God is saying I have not seen iniquity in Israel. These guys are. They, they built golden calf. They are doing stuff there. God is saying I cannot see it. Is God lying? Again. You see God is not accounting it to him. He's according that sin to whom? To to Jesus, the bulls. Correct? The seven is a picture of Jesus. Seven, Seven horns, seven things. Okay, verse 21. Nor has he seen wickedness in Israel. Why? The Lord, which is Jesus. The Lord, his God is with him. And the shout of a king is amongst them. You know when God looks at us right now, he sees the shout of Jesus is with them. The king is with them the king is with them he does not see sin in you he does not see sin in you brothers and sisters he does not see sin in you amen okay let's see again he says let's go up he again takes him to a different place verse chapter 24 and then he prophesies his king shall be higher than agag his kingdom shall be exalted verse 7 God brings him out, out of Egypt and he has strength like a white ox. He will consume the nations his enemies. He shall break their bones. He bows down. He lies down as a lion. And who can rouse him? Wow. Then again he prophesies verse 15, verse 17. I see him but not now. I behold him but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob. He's talking about Jesus. A scepter shall rise out of Israel and batter the brow of Wab and destroy all the sons of tumult. He's prophesying even about the end time. When Jesus is going to come back. He says one day he will come. He will rise up from Israel. And he will destroy Moab. Which is Jordan. Modern day Jordan. Modern day Saudi Arabia. And he says he will destroy the sons of tumult. You know the word tumult? Sons of tumult. Sons of tumult. In the Hebrew is translated Hamas. He will destroy Hamas. God is prophesying, Balaam is prophesying one day, Jesus is going to come back and destroy Hamas. Amazing. But it's, a, it's also for the believer. He says, I do not consider, I do not see iniquity in Jacob. So what was Balaam trying to do here? Come on. Now I want you to answer this. What was Balaam trying to do? No. Now, what was his intention to do? What was the error of Balak? He took money from the king of Balak to do what? To curse curse Israel. Or, what is he trying to do? He's taking money from Balak. For profit, he's calling the righteous what? Unrighteous. Now, I want you to repeat this. For profit, profit. my my enemy calls me unrighteous. Who God has made righteous? That is the strategy of Satan. That's the error of Bala. The error of Balaam is against believers. The error of Balaam is going to a believer and calling what God has called righteous. He's calling them unrighteous. And God calls that curse. When you speak words about yourself as I am a sinner, I am not righteous, what are you doing? You're cursing yourself. What be, what make what becomes when you curse yourself? You become vulnerable to Satan, and you are susceptible to be destroyed. Satan knows that. So let me ask you a question: Where Satan's throne is, correct? Where in Satan's where, in a city where Satan's throne is? Which strategy would he use the most? Hold it. In this world, is Satan have authority? Yes. yes. But do we have authority in the kingdom of God? Yes. So he has his kingdom on the earth right now, correct? Does God, Jesus have a kingdom on the earth? Yes. We are in the kingdom, correct? Satan cannot see us because Jesus said to Nicodemus, no one can, who is born again, only those who are born again can see the kingdom of God, correct? Only they, only born again people can see the kingdom of God. We can see we can see Jesus. Jesus said, you all shall see me. No one can see me. Then the disciples said, how is it that we can see you, but nobody can see you? Remember when Jesus was, before he was about to resurrect He said, how is it that we can see you, but nobody can see you? When you, when I'm resurrected, I will come to you and make my abode with you. That means you can see me. Jerry, can you see Jesus? Say yes. You can see him. With your spirit, you can see him. You can see him. Satan cannot see him. The world cannot see this uh, this kingdom. You are in the kingdom. The shout of the king is in their midst. Midst. Say in the midst. Midst. So that Satan's throne is, do you think he will use what strategy the most? He will use the same strategy. The error of Balaam. Correct? He will just, he will call believers unrighteous. Agreed? Do you think if that is the strategy, he will do that best? Okay, let's read Psalms ninety seven. Quickly, 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 because we don't have too much time. Psalms ninety-seven. See the throne of iniquity. What does throne of iniquity do? Psalms ninety-seven. Psalms ninety-seven. not psalms 94 is it okay psalms 94 sorry psalms 94 psalms 94 says in verse 20 what does it say keep reading they gather together against the life of the righteous and condemn innocent come on come on come on did you read that do, do you guys read that See, what does, what does the throne of iniquity is against believers? Look at, do you read that? So I'm going to read it very loudly and clearly. So this is the psalmist talking about a day in when, when we become righteous, correct? But what is it? Shall the throne of iniquity Who, who is the throne of iniquity? Satan, correct? Shall the throne of iniquity which devises evil by law How does he devise evil? Hold it. Isn't the law good? not for you it's for the ungodly God is using the law Satan uses the law to create evil how does he create evil by the law he tells you you know what Jerry this is 2019 you need to keep all these resolutions you have to be a good father this year he brings a law in your life why does he bring a law in your life because you know what you cannot keep it when you break the law what will he do to you He will condemn you. The moment you condemn you, what happens to your confidence before God the Father? It comes down. Now will you ask or will you run? Run. How do you receive from the Father? Asking. You get this picture? So, he devises evil by how? By the law. So, he he doesn't just use ten commandments. He will use like, George. You know, George... It's not good to eat shrimp. No way, way, right? Shrimp is not good. Make sure you resist the urge to shrimp. Now, this guy never wanted to eat shrimp. But the moment he made a resolution that I will not eat shrimp, guess what? Every time he goes out for lunch, his friends are ordering shrimp. (laughs) Suddenly, he has this great urge for shrimp. Oh, the shrimp is so beautiful. It's so succulent and so tasty. And every ad is about lobsters. (laughs) lobsters. And <laughs> Why? Because he's trying to get you to break the law. But isn't the Ten Commandments there is any mention of shrimp? No. no. He doesn't care. He just wants you to make sure that you break the law. Because the moment you break the law, guess what, the next day what happens? Condemnation. No. You feel condemned. And then what happens? What are you expecting? Judgment. Yeah. What judgment? Yeah, uh, uh, you know, every time I eat the shrimp... I get the stomach allergies. Guess what happens? Same verse. (laughs) Right away. Because what is causing this judgment? The judgments of breaking the law. Do you get the strategy of Satan? This is not me talking. This is the Holy Spirit saying, the throne of iniquity devises evil by the law. Do you get this? I'm telling you, stop making resolutions in your life. You are falling into the trap of Satan because he doesn't care. He knows you can never keep. Who is called faithful in the Bible? You or Jesus? Jesus. He who is faithful who shall keep you. <laughs> not, he, he is not faithful who keeps himself. Every time there's a mention of Jesus faithful because he's faithful to keep you. Keep you. If it was up to you, you would not even like every time when, when the movement, Peter said, I will not leave you. Same night, same verse, same verse, almost same night. He stumbled because this. So look at the throne of iniquity with devices evil by the law has fellowship with you. Look at verse 21. What does it say? They gather together against, against, the life of the against the life of the righteous. Where is the righteous living right now? On the earth, so the, Satan's throne is against your life. You got this picture. He's against. He doesn't want you to have a good life. S- say, Satan does not want me have a have a good life. Correct. He's against the life. He's against my life. Okay. So we we are not unaware of what his v- wishes are. Look, like, then what he does. Then what is the next one? Correct. Correct. Do you see this? The way he gets against you is by what? He condemns what? Innocent life. He condemns innocent life. This is the error of Balaam. He's trying to condemn innocent life. But what what does the psalmist say? Verse 22. My defense. But God is my defense. Not I. It's not my works. And God is the rock of my refuge. He has brought on Satan... Their own iniquity. And has cut them off in their own wickedness. God shall, uh, God shall cut them off. See, God destroys Satan the moment he touches. See, what happened was, when Abimelech, the moment Abraham lied about his wife. Correct? Judgment came to whom? <laughs> That's the funny part. This is the funny part. It this this doesn't make any sense. I mean, the more I I say about it, it doesn't make any sense. The moment Abraham lied, judgment came to whom? (laughs) Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. The moment Abraham lied, judgment came to Abimelech. And Abimelech actually asked Abraham, why have you brought this great reproach upon me and my kingdom? Satan is judged because you are righteous the moment he accuses you rajesh in any area of your life what happens to him he is, he is judged because he is what doing he is doing what psalms 94 he is condemning what innocent. say condemning innocent blood innocent. every time you face condemnation in your life what is condemnation what are the what are the effects of condemnation sickness disease poverty debt uh, relationship issues, marital issues—is condemnation. Everything is born out of condemnation because you do not think that you are complete in Jesus. You don't think that you are perfect in Him. And all of the epistles from First Peter, Second Peter, First John, Second John, Third John, Jude, Romans, First Timothy, Second Timothy, First Corinthians, Second Corinthians—every chapter is only written to tell you what: stand fast. Let Satan not tell you that you are unrighteous. Stand fast. You are faultless and perfect. Let not Satan tell you. There are teachers who are going to come into the church and tell you that to become righteous. You have to stop eating this. You have to start eating this. You should follow this day. You should not follow this day. You should keep this law. You should not keep this law. You should be circumcised. You should not be circumcised. Don't fall for them. Stand fast. You are perfect. God has taken care of sin you are, you have no sin oh my goodness and all no 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 hold it so the throne of iniquity strategy against believers is against their life and the way he, oh, he comes against your life is by condemning.
2: condemning
0: blood do you know how correct this throne is this is exactly what he does right now do you want to see this go back to revelation let's go quickly you will shout when you see this and your eyes will open up what satan does let's look at revelation chapter two revelation chapter two. you know jesus talking to the seven churches right he writes letters to seven churches those were physical churches that existed that time groups of people who were part of churches right to one of the churches look at what jesus writes Right? Let's read Revelation chapter 2 verses 12 onwards. And to the angel of the church. That word angel means the messenger of the church. It doesn't mean an angel of the church. It means the messenger of the church or the pastor of the church or the, the shepherd of the church. The key man of the church. Tell them that. Okay? These things says, he who has a sharp two-edged sword. See? Of all the things that he's now focusing on with this church... He's talking about what about himself? That Jesus, he has what? Two-edged sword. Where is Jesus' two-edged sword? Where is it in his body? Come on, Jotsna? In Jesus' body, where is the two-edged sword? In his mouth. Say mouth. That means what is he saying? I am the one who has the? Words. Guys, get it? this I am the guy I am the one tell them See, so saying Alkesh, tell your life team I am I the one who has the words is now writing this letter to you means he's telling what there is something about my words which is going to be help your church or you or can say that or if, if, if I have a life team here I have run out of chairs and I get a call from George tell Anil I am the one with two dozen chairs in my house. Means what? What is he telling me? That's something you need. And actually, he has chairs in his house. He uses his chairs for a lot of the life team meetings, right? He gives people the chairs. By the way, you all guys need more chairs, you can go to him. I have chairs also. But bottom line is when Jesus says, Tell him, guess okay, tell the guy, I'm the guy who has all the chairs. Means what? He needs the chairs. There is something about this letter needs what of Jesus. Word. What does he need of Jesus? Word. The words of Jesus. You get it? That's how you read the letters of Jesus to the various churches. He will focus on one part of his body, is the area which the church has a lack of. He's not, he's not like, tell the church, I have sharp sword, okay? He's not like boasting. <laughs> Jesus doesn't need any, any validation from you. I am the guy who has the... Uh. No. He's not... He's saying, like, like, you know, you, you have a small child. You have a small baby girl. And she's trying to push a chair. Correct? And she cannot push. Then you look at the baby and say what? Darling. Mm, means what? Means what? Hey, I'm the guy who has the muscle. But the little bit... oh, oh. Darling! So that's what Jesus is saying. We are like... Keeping on pushing. And Jesus is like... "Mm, Hint, hint! Hint, hint! I'm the one! See, everything... Remember the spirit... The testimony of Jesus... Is the spirit of prophecy. You have to see Jesus strong in that area. You are like... Sitting and wasting your time. Like... If you have... If you have persistent problems with... Wealth... And I don't know for whom I'm telling this. For some reason, in your idea or in your theology or in your mind, you see Jesus poor. I'm telling you, I'm sorry about it. If you have problems with finances in your life, it's because in that in you don't see Jesus rich. I'm saying you you start meditating in the Bible from cover to cover that he was rich so that you became He became poor that you may become rich. See His glory. Meditate on how rich he is. He says, I'm a lord of a cattle on a thousand hills belongs to me. All of the earth belongs to me. Man, if you stumble on your backyard and you just pick up one rock, and that one rock is a diamond, your life is made, man. (laughs) You don't need to even work for the rest of your life. Just one stone from your backyard that you stumble upon can retire you for life. Yes or no? If one stone... Is all that takes you to make you retire for life. And God holds the whole universe in his hand. If you see him rich, guess what it's going to do to you? Okay. Why have we even into dis- <laughs> that? But look at this thing. Let's look at this. So now he's saying about this church, there's something about my words that you need. Correct? Correct? Okay. This is he who has a sharp double jealous sword. Verse 13. I know your works. I know what you do. Where you dwell. Where Satan's throne is. Hallelujah. Of all the things, you should be interested to know what happens in this church. Because this church is located in a place where Satan's throne is. See, Satan is not omnipresent. He has a throne. He has a kingdom that he operates through. Like... He's not always at Alkesha's house. I know he's the most godly among the house. <laughs> I need to take care of him first. No, 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 no. He's, he's, he, he's not always there. He, he, he has limited resources. He's just not unlimited resources. He works. He works with his resources. He has his kingdom. He has authority, principality, powers, rulers, authority in right But he has a throne somewhere. This church is located in the place where Satan's throne is. In Pergamos. Correct? Okay, I know, I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. And you hold fast to my name, and you do, not, you, know, you do not deny my faith, even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was killed among you where Satan dwells. So, Satan has been persecuting this church, and has actually killed people. But he says, you have held on to my faith. Correct? Now, look at what he says. But I have a few things against you. Wow. If Jesus has a few things against this church, who would be the cause of this? Satan. Correct? That's the only reason what the church is missing something. And who's causing this? Satan is causing this. Correct? Now you're getting very closer. Look at the strategy that Satan, where he is thrown, will use. Look at what he says. You have those who hold the doctrine of Balaam. goodness. Do you see that? Do you feel the spirit? Do you feel the spirit validating that? In the place where Satan's throne is, he is teaching and raising teachers who is teaching the doctrine of Balaam. What is the teaching of Balaam? Calling the righteous unrighteous. He is telling them that they are not fully righteous, they still have to become righteous. Very, very powerful. Look at what is it? Who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block. See, this doctrine puts a stumbling block in your life to not receive the things that you are waiting for. Stumbling block. See, stumbling block. My un, my, uh, my, <sighs> I don't know how to say that. Because it's not a revelation. My misunderstanding of my righteousness is the stumbling block that Satan uses against you. <laughs> Very powerful. That's a stumbling block. What do stumbling blocks do? Every time, stumbling block is something that is put for you to stumble. So every time you want to do something, you stumble. Because there is this teaching in your mind and in the emotion that I am not there yet. I am not perfect yet. Others are more godly. Anil is very godly. You know, Anil is very righteous. That's why he's very blessed. Wrong. Boasting is involved. Correct? Oh, Alkesh is very righteous. But I, you know, I still sometimes see this, see that. I get angry with my wife. I do this. Now... Guess what? Now you are calling. But what did God say about, when Balak is wanting to say, God? what is God prophesying through Balaam or the Israelites? I see no iniquity in Israel. So you have to see this. But for that, and how do you solve it? How did Jesus start the words? I, I am the one who has the words. So when I say something about you, and Satan is saying something about you, who should you believe? Believe me, because I am telling you, you are righteous. Don't believe the doctrine of Balaam. Now, this doctrine of Balaam is very subtle. It comes in all the churches. It comes in all manner of philosophies. Everywhere it tells. It comes primarily in the churches, because churches is where what? Who gather? The righteous righteous gather. And he condemns innocent belts. Uh, blood so he preaches always preaching against you saying that you are not fully righteous at this point of time so keep coming to the altar (laughs) and accept Jesus what is that saying you are not not clean clean. that's wrong it doesn't change your state but in your eyes you, you have a stumbling block. You cannot, therefore, what can you not do with the father? You cannot ask. Okay? Keep reading. Balak, who, who put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things. See? He focuses on stuff that you eat. Like, for example, he will tell George, George, don't eat shrimp. Eat anything else. Don't eat shrimp. Now, that's a doctrine of Balaam. Why? Because he's saying that you are you are only righteous if you Don't eat shrimp. That's the doctrine of Balaam. You got it? Doctrine of Balaam is very subtle. It is coming against the life of the righteous by condemning innocent blood. So wherever there is condemnation in your life, because you are innocent, that is the doctrine of Balaam. You got it? Do you get the doctrine of Balaam? It's very subtle, but it is the number one strategy of Satan against believers. That's where his throne operates. His throne operates by condemning innocent blood. You got it? Okay. Now keep reading. To eat things, sacrifice to idols, and to commit sexual immorality. The moment you break one law, guess what happens? Now that you've blown it, what, what should you do? Now that you've blown it, what should you do? Go all the way. No? Go ahead and blow your, blow your fuse. Get angry. now. See, many times you've seen, when you get angry with your wife, then you're angry with everybody else. Then you're angry with the world. Because it's like, anyway, I'm unclean. As well as just, <laughs> give it off. Because now it goes all the way. All the way. Because you know, Satan knows, once he can get condemnation for you to break in, once you feel unclean, now you can play in the mud. See, you don't play in the mud as long as you have perfect clean clothes. But the moment you, your clothes become dirty, what happens to you? You don't care. You can play in mud. What happens to you? Do you start sinning more? Yes. But when? How did it start? What is the root? Condemned. You got condemned. You got condemned. The moment you felt that you are unclean, you start sinning more. How? How do you come back? Come back to the words of Jesus about you. He's the one who has the two-edged sword. He's telling you. He's looking at you and telling you, Manisha. You are perfect. You have no lack in you. You got it? Okay, keep reading. Thus you, you also have those who hold the doctrine of Nicolaitans, which I hate. Again, some, uh, about Nicolaitans is talking about that you have to do something in your flesh to stay righteous. Repent or else I will come and repent means change your mind about this. Repent doesn't mean that you are to be born again again. Born again, 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 again. No. repentance. change your mind. You are righteous. I'll come and fight against them. See? He doesn't say come and fight against. What does it say? Yeah, yeah. Them with the sword of my mouth. What does he t- tell to you? To he who was in here, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, that means he is a believer, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. Hidden manna is my words to you my words to you i'll give that to eat i will give him a white stone you know what is a white stone that's how in in the in the in the roman time they would have when you are when you are guilty of something they would and the judge would pass a sentence the way the judge would pass a sentence is the judge would give that man who's accused who's who's found guilty they would give him a black stone that's how he knows that he's guilty But if the judge gives that man a white stone, what does that man say? He's innocent. innocent. So Jesus is saying, I will give you a white stone. That means I am telling you that you are righteous forever. You are righteous forever. And what he says? And a new name written that no one knows except him who receives it. Hallelujah? So hold fast to this confession. Hold fast to this confession. And and as I uh, close, I'll show you an example that how in every epistle, every episode is written about standing fast in this understanding that you're righteous. Let's go to, let's go to, let's start with, let's quickly look. I want you to read uh, Romans chapter. Uh, he, sorry, let's go, let's go to, oh my goodness, And there's so many. Let's go to Hebrews, just write it down. Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Read the whole chapter. Okay? So, verse 10 says, By that will we have been separated through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Verse 14. For by one offering he has perfected forever. Say, perfected forever. So, you are perfected forever. Not, you are going to be perfected. You are perfected forever. Those who are being separated. That means you are being separated. Separated means God is separating you from Satan. God is separating you from evil not, See the word sanctified means what? Sanctified doesn't mean more righteous Sanctified means Set apart, set apart Separated from Satan So you, Satan cannot touch you Like Satan could not touch Israel When the prophecy was going against them Could not touch them Okay Verse 17 He says lawless and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember No more. Verse 18. Where there is a remission of sin, there is no longer an offering for sin. Now if you think that you are unrighteous, guys, listen to me. Now if you think that you are unrighteous, there is no more offering. I'm sorry. The show is over. (laughs) Everybody's gone home. You are coming to tell me that you are sinful. I don't have any more provision for you. Got it? You got it? Because the provision is already made. He's already declared you righteous. Why are you going back to the court? Okay. Therefore, w- uh, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having the boldness, see, what does this, does this do, to, do to you? You get boldness to enter the Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus. Verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of sins, uh, full assurance of faith. With a heart sprinkled from an evil conscience, let us hold fast the confession. What confession? What confession? That we are righteous. righteous. Hold fast to this confession that you are righteous. Guess what? What will happen if you hold fast to this confession? Verse 35. Prasad, can you read that? Hebrews 10 verse 35. Hebrews 10 verse 35 you it says therefore do not cast away your confidence which has great reward see if you have this confidence that you are righteous it has potential for great reward but i said i am already going to inherit heaven see he's not talking about heaven here you have reward where on the earth <laughs> you will be fruitful remember like abraham was so confident about his righteousness he didn't care Guess what happened to him? He received the six blessings. He got the six blessings. So it has his confidence gave him the blessing. Okay. Let's read. So you got Hebrews, right? Hebrews is full about this confidence. Let's go to First Peter. First Peter chapter one, verse three. So verse, verse four. We have received an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and does not fade away. Say uh, my inheritance does not fade away. <laughs> Correct, for, Which has been kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. In this you greatly rejoice. So rejoice right now that you are righteous. You're, you are perfect forever. Keep reading. First um, uh, Peter chapter two, verse nine, Ch- chapter two, verse nine. You are a chosen generation, royal priesthood, holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praise of him who called you out of darkness into a marvelous light, who was once not a people, but now a people, who has now obtained mercy, but who has not obtained mercy, but has obtained God. He said, now you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are, you are a priesthood. You are royal. And you are holy. Correct? K- keep reading. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 14. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 14. This is how it closes. The epistle of Peter closes like this. 2 Peter 3, verse 3, verse 14. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him. In what? In peace, without spot, and blameless. That means you are in Jesus. How? Blameless. Let's look at verse 17. Can somebody read that? Yes. Correct? Lest
3: you also fall from your own
0: steadfastness. steadfastness. Since you know that you are perfect and without fault, since you know this, since you know this, what should you do? Stand first, Don't fall from your steadfastness. Steadfastness about what? Your belief, your about your knowledge. And being, a... being led away by the, look at the word, look at the word. Error of the wicked. Error of the wicked. What error is this? Error of Balaam. You see the word error? The error of Balam says that you are not fully righteous. He, does. he never tells you you are unrighteous. He always tells you in this area you need help. That's enough. Because you are in this area, what happens to you? No, you are condemned. Prasad, you got it you are condemned and you become vulnerable to the enemy look at what it says being led away by the error of the wicked but grow in the grace and the knowledge of the lord that means see jesus more if you see if you have a lack in one area the way you solve the lack is not by saying oh in this area i am weak sister no you say in this area i will see jesus more grow in the knowledge of jesus in that area you got it okay, let's read 1st John 1st John chapter 5 last verse, this is how it concludes this verse is <laughs> if, now that you understood this teaching this will not offend you okay, let's read 1st John chapter 5, the last, this is how it concludes this, this is the this is Peter is writing to the church and encouraging and finally he concludes, he says guys, listen to this verse 18 we know Oh, I want somebody else to re- read it. One, it? Uh, 1 John chapter 5, verse 18 onwards. We know Manor, read that loud, okay? I want you to read that loud. We know that whoever, Louder.
3: We know that whoever is born of God does not sin.
0: Correct! <laughs> one sec, one sec, one sec. What does he say? Read that again loud. We know that whoever is born of Hold it. (laughs) My question is, do you know that? (laughs) Do you know that? Do you know that? Do you know that? What? What do you don't know? Whoever is born of God does not sin. George, did you know that? You didn't know that. Uh, Jerry, did you know that? What what do you know? (laughs) It it doesn't even come out. (laughs) This is the best part of this revelation. Because it is so tough for you to believe it. Who cares whether you believe it or know it or not? Who, who do you believe? Do you believe Jesus' words about you? Or do you believe your impressions about yourself? I'm telling you, you guys, we all have so much pride. We would rather believe what we feel than the double-edged sword that comes out from the glorified Christ. Who do you believe? When he says that you do not sin, I don't see iniquity in you. Who, who are you to say that you there is sin in you? Oh no, no, brother, I am I am humble. Are you humble or are you proud? Proudful? You see, the error of Balaam is error of Balaam is very powerful. Epistle after epistle, the Holy Spirit through the apostles is telling the church, you know. You know. I mean, they must have drilled it in the early church continuously in every Bible study, saying what? You do not sin. In fact, Paul spent episodes of... Now, this is not even Paul's letters. In fact, many times when you would preach that, people would say, oh, Paul is crazy. Is this Paul? Who is writing this? What happened to John? <laughs> Everybody's gone this way. See, when Paul was writing this, people misunderstood Paul. People are saying, oh, so means what? You can do whatever you want. Call your wife or sister. And then you get blessed. <laughs> Paul said, Hold it. Guys, y'all don't understand this. He writes all the book of Romans explaining what he's trying to say. All the book of Romans is explaining what he's trying to say. Where grace abounds, where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Now you read Romans with this understanding. <laughs> We believers are so good at finding condemnation even in the best letters. (laughs) We will find condemnation even in the best letters. We will go to John and then of all the things that he will say, we will go to to 1st John. Uh, We will go and pick up this verse. We'll say, this is the message. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and don't practice the truth. If we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Not in us. Not in you. (laughs) This is the same book. This is the book that he's he's ending, telling that... Who is he writing the first chapter to? he's writing to Jews who don't want to accept Jesus as a believer, as a Messiah. And they are saying that they are righteous without accepting Jesus. Guys, he starts up by telling them, guys, if you say you don't have sin, you are a liar. Your guys are under the law. You all have not accepted Jesus. Go and accept obey the truth. What is the truth? What is the truth? The God Means God sent his son, and if you believe him, you become righteous. That is the truth. Correct? He said if you obey the truth, confess your sins and you become free. And then from 2nd chapter onwards he addresses the the church. So how we (laughs) believers are hunting for condemnation. Right? (laughs) Like all the things that we have to take, we'll go to chapter 1 and take this verse. And for years and years we are preaching, confess, 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 confess. So you come, you 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 have a nice, clean, nice dress. You come inside. i ah, okay, say Anil, no, no, no. See that black spot there? You didn't confess. You didn't confess. So you again go and dry wash your clothes. Again you come back. Ah, this side is a little more dirty. Again you go After the sixth and seventh time, there is no dress to wash. <laughs> 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 That's not what John is saying. John is saying, okay, now let's... I'm sorry to interrupt you. Can you continue? Sp- can you continue reading that loud? Because this needs to reverberate in your spirit. Come on, loud. No, was- let's start again. <laughs> Let it stumble. All your stumbling blocks should get out of you right now. Okay, keep reading. We know
3: that whoever is born of God
0: does not sin. Does not sin. But he who has been born of God keeps himself. Keeps himself is not is wrong translation. Read what it says. God guards him. See, how the translators also have a problem with that. Like, this kind shall not come out by... I need to add, I need to add fasting. Fasting, fasting, fasting. It's not there. If fasting is so important, why didn't Paul and Peter and John have at least one chapter on fasting? In fact, for chapter after chapter, they're telling that, hold it, eat anything what you want. If anybody tells you not eat, stop it. You can eat everything. Don't let anybody condemn you. Exactly the opposite. Are you guys reading the same Bible that <laughs> what has been preached to us? No, because we are not. Because that's the enemy strategy. It is by design. You got it? Condemnation for the innocent blood. See, where the throne of iniquity condemns innocent blood. You got it? Because he can make you ineffective. Okay, keep reading. He who does not, he's is born of God, is kept by God see the, you see, the one does not see guys do, do you all see this who's born of god keeps himself there is the clarification on the margin do you see that clarification in the margin keeps himself read that guards him it's not keeps himself the word is god guards him god guards him did you see that under in the God keeps them. You see, that's how it's supposed to be translated. Who put it there that he keeps himself? When did we start keeping ourselves? Correct? See, again there how that teaching creeps in. Correct? Okay, keep reading. Okay? We know that we are of God. No, what does it say? Read the first verse again. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. Does not sin. The moment you are born of God, you do not sin. Because you do not sin, What happens? No, no. Because you do not sin, what happens? No huh? You're, considered You're considered righteous, so what happens? No condemnation, no condemnation so what happens? Wicked, wicked, cannot... wicked cannot touch you. See, wicked can only touch you when you break the law. You get this problem. See, he's not after the fact that you should break the law. What is he after? Once you break... He can bring his father-in-law, mother-in-law, brother-in-law, sister-in-law, everybody into the house. What is that? Sin, sorry, sickness, disease, poverty, everything. He wants to get the judgments of the law into your house. God is saying, shut the door. The wicked one cannot touch you. Why? Why can he not touch you? Because you are without sin. See the power of righteousness? Satan cannot touch you brother don't say that loud, he can hear you <laughs> You miss the point <laughs> when two and a half hours later you miss the point. <laughs> you miss the point. Satan cannot touch you now because he cannot hear you. he doesn't care he, he, he don't care whether he hears you because you're righteous.) <laughs> Okay. okay, let's read verse 19. But what happens to the... Now, read that loud. See, what is the differentiator between us and the world? Look at this. Verse loud. We know that we are of God. We are of God. And the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Sway of the wicked one means all the world is under the control of the wicked one. That means the wicked one can do whatever it wants to, to do them. Like, for example, if the wicked one wants to bring flu virus to them, he can bring it. No problem, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, time for flu, time for flu. <laughs> you know, every time we have a flu, we're like, time for flu. Because they have no problem, because they are under the sway. So Why are you standing in that line, is my question. <laughs> Count me in. No, why? You are not under his control. No, but uh, the teachers agree with everybody, all Indians. That is the problem, but Amulya did something. I am not part of the Indian group. I am not the minority. Who said you are the minority? Look at your skin, man. He said we don't judge no one according to the flesh. Correct? We are born of God. We are registered in Zion, in Mount, in heaven. Correct? What do you see? I don't know. This is the old body. (laughs) When we came, we came here, but it has a little bit of a time to survive. We are going to get a new body. That time, I don't know whether you are going to be brown, blue, green, whatever. Alkesh, I have no idea (laughs) whatever. He doesn't eat the stuff that we eat. <laughs> we don't know what we are going to be. But at this point of time, we are going to live with this body. But we are, not, we are not under the sway of the control. Control means he cannot bring in at his desire the stuff into our life. Got it? Why? Why? Rajesh, why can't he bring under what he wants into our life? We are born of God and we do not sin. Ah, she's clarified. She's changed it she changed it, she said we do not have sin no, 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 no no. let's not make it very clean, keep it clean what does it say, he was born of God Uh, does it hurt? (laughs) it hurts, right because even when we do sin, the Bible says he does not sin oh my goodness what does this do to you? It makes you fall down and worship this God who gives us an inheritance of righteousness. You have no boasting in it. <laughs> I call my wife a sister and I get lands, houses, gold, build. so tomorrow he will call his child something. <laughs> no, that's not how it is. But in fact, Abraham became more and more fruitful. See? Yeah, but the goodness of God leads men to changing their mind about God. That's the Bible says, the goodness of God leads men to repentance. The goodness of God changes man's opinion about this father God. Prasad, this father is so good. You don't have to spend your whole life trying to prove anybody. Rajesh, you know, Alkesh, Manohar, Jyotsna. You don't have to spend your whole life trying to prove through the world who you are. He already knows you are perfect. And he calls you perfect. Okay, keep reading. Verse 20. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding. What understanding? The Son of Man, God, has come and has given us an understanding. What understanding? That we may know him who is true. No, hold on, hold on. That we are righteous. We are righteous. we are righteous. He has given us this understanding because of how he starts. Eighteen. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin and who has given us this understanding Jesus because Jesus said I'm the one who has the words the two edged sword that is coming out of my mouth I'm telling you that you're righteous okay keep reading he is true that means hold on he has given us an understanding what is the understanding we are righteous and we know that Jesus is true means what We can believe what he says. What is he saying? We are righteous. righteous. That means in other words, in simple English, we know Jesus is not a liar. If he says that we are righteous, come on. Now repeat after me. Jesus is not a liar. If he calls me righteous, he he calls me perfect. He calls me without blame. I am. Hallelujah. Now you understood that verse? Okay, keep reading.
3: And that we may know him who is true, and we are in him.
0: We are in him. him. That is the answer. Now Annie, now you, will, you have a problem with that, <laughs> he would, shall not sin. The reason God does not say that Rajesh sinned, is why? So we, are we are in him. So if God has to say that Rajesh sinned, God has to say what about Jesus? Jesus sent. God is not ever going to say that Jesus sent. Now, does it make easy for you to say that you are without sin? Jerry, is that easy? I know when you started off, it was very difficult. It doesn't even come out of our mouth. <laughs> it doesn't even come out of our mouth. The way teachers and uh, preachers talk about this passage is they do not preach it. <laughs> They do not touch this passage. Because it doesn't make sense. The standard of sinlessness is so high. No man can ever reach it. But now you understand what understanding God has given us. He is true. He has declared us righteous. Correct? And we are in him. Correct? In his son Jesus Christ. Come on. Keep reading. Who is true.
3: In his son Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal
0: life. This is this revelation, this revelation of Jesus Christ, this revelation of righteousness that you have, which is a gift. I'm telling you, this is a gift. There's no boasting involved. Say no boasting. no boasting. No boasting involved. Don't feel even a little bit of pride by telling that I'm righteous and oh, I'm getting some credit. There is no credit. There's no credit. If you if you if you ever felt like that, just replay some of the things that you've done over the years. <laughs> you know, it's like. Oh, oh, I, oh, no, 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 no need. It's all, which videotape should I bring to you? <laughs> show to you. Which one, which one? or which videotape do you want? Page number two, four, page number 49, or which one, which one? Seriously, nobody, thank God we don't have the gift of wisdom, right? <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't operate to condemn people, correct? It doesn't, doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. But I'm saying is, this is what, because God sees you righteous. God sees you righteous. He says, this is the true God and eternal life. This revelation of righteousness is eternal life. This life will start flowing. How does he end this chapter?
3: Little children, keep
0: yourself from idols. Duh. What happened? What's, What's going on here? Suddenly, little children, keep yourself from idols? Come on. Now let's give you the translation of idols. Say, works of your hand. Now, now read it. Come on.
3: Little children, keep yourself from works of your hand.
0: Correct. Now you understood? He's saying, keep yourself from working in this revelation. Keep yourself from works of your hand. Means don't allow boasting or your works to add to this faith. Works of your hand. Say works of my hand. Because how is faith uh, righteousness accounted? No, no. What is the verse? Romans, he who works not and believes that God justifies the ungodly. There are two conditions in this. What are the two conditions? One, you should not work. Second, you should... (laughs) Okay, we have two more hours. Second? you believe what he justifies, he justifies the ungodly that means when you sin he believes that god does not consider you committing a sin he justifies you wow it doesn't make sense but i'm telling you you the moment you believe that god treats you righteous because now you are having more value in what jesus did than what you did that means you are not depending on your idols for your righteousness you are believing on the free gift of jesus christ as a gift agreed okay and uh, so we are in first john second john keep reading the second john verse 9
3: whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of christ does
0: not have god same teaching he said doctrine means this teaching of god keep reading Has both the father and the son. This teaching is very important. If you don't have this doctrine. If you don't have this teaching. You don't have the father and you don't have the son. Correct? Keep reading. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine. Wow! This is every letter. Keep reading. Do not receive him. Do not receive him. That is if any teacher comes and tells you that you are not righteous. And tells you, you have to eat this. You have to observe these days. You have to do seven steps for holiness. Or you have to do this. He said, "Do do what to them?
3: Do not receive them into your
0: house, no. or do not greet them, because
3: he who him in his evil deed.
0: that means you are perpetuating this doctrine of what condemnation, condemnation. or this error of Balaam. Bala. See, this is the Holy Spirit writing through John. Correct? Be careful. Okay, keep reading. Okay, you, you don't need that. Let's go to third John. 3rd John, verses 1, 2 and, uh, sorry, uh, verses uh, uh, 2, 3 and 4, read it g- f- loud, okay. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Correct, the secret.
3: For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you. Correct. Just as you walk in the truth.
0: What is the truth? You are walking in the truth means you believe that you are righteous. And he said, It gives me great joy that you're believing this. Because now what's gonna happen? You're going to prosper in all things. Keep reading. I have no greater joy, no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in, walk in truth. Okay, let's read Jude verse uh, 1. 1 and 2. To those who are called
3: sanctified by God, the Father and the preserved
0: in Jesus Christ. Say pickled in Jesus. Pickled in Jesus. 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 Say I'm pickled in Jesus. Jesus. That's the word. Preserved in Jesus. What happens in preserved in Jesus means? What does pickle do? Why do people pickle pickles? It never gets spoiled. That means if you put a fruit in a pickle... The fruit remains a fruit as long as it's in the pickle. So when you were born righteous, God knew that you will keep bounce in and out of your revelation of righteousness. So what did he do? He pickled you in Jesus. Say, pickled me in Jesus. Jesus. So because you are pickled in Jesus, you whether you whatever you want to do. You will not (laughs) You will not sin (laughs) Correct, you will not sin Or you will not deteriorate. You will not deteriorate You stay righteous That means the original state Remains the Final state Say the original state state. Remains the final state state. I am perfect and blameless forever Okay, you got that? And let and mercy, peace and love be multiplied to you. Because of that. So verse 4. For certain people, men have crept in unnoticed. Long ago were marked out for condemnation. Ungodly men who replace, turn, is replace the grace of a God into lividness and deny the only God. So again, they're, they're replacing this teaching and they're replacing it with doctrine of men. Okay. And... And... You all can uh, go back and read 1st Timothy, 2nd Timothy, 1st Corinthians, 2nd Corinthians. Galatians, Colossians, everywhere. He's teaching this. He's teaching this. Don't follow laws. Don't follow this stuff. Don't get under condemnation. Let nobody... Go to Colossians and I'll close with that. I'm sorry, but you ought to see Colossians because the Colossians is a powerful chapter. Uh, Rajesh, can you read Colossians chapter 1? Every episode is about that. Let's read Colossians chapter 1. Read Colossians chapter 1 loud verses 15 to 23. Everybody read, okay? But uh, Rajesh will read loud, but you all read uh, in your mind. Okay. Colossians chapter chapter 1 verses 15 to 23. Come here and read. Yeah. 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 Yeah, keep, 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 read read loud, okay?
2: He is the image of the invisible God. Okay? Yeah, keep reading. firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thorns or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him and he is before all things and in and in him all things consist and he is the head of the body the church who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead that in all things he may have the preeminence preeminence for it pleased the father that in him all the fullness should dwell and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or, or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works... See, you are
0: enemies in your mind by wicked works. See, you are condemning yourself by works. Because you, you, don't make, you don't do perfect works. Okay?
2: Verse 21, and you... Who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, and now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to prevent you to holy, present you, to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in a sight. Look at
0: how he presents you, he presents you holy, and blameless, and above reproach. Above reproach. Say, above reproach. reproach. Nobody can condemn you. You know, when Israel came out of Egypt, he brought them across Jordan to a place called Gilgal. Gilgal means, I have removed your reproach. Forever. This is a picture of salvation. He said, nobody will reproach you. Nobody will touch you. Nobody will condemn you. He presents you, holy, blameless, and above reproach. How many words does he have to use about you? Holy blameless, above reproach. Nobody can condemn you. Okay? In his sight. In whose sight? In his 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 sight. Okay? Okay. Verse
2: 23. If indeed you continue in the faith...
0: In faith. What faith? If you continue in faith means... In the faith of this. In the faith that Jesus makes you perfect. You continue in this faith. Okay?
2: Grounded and steadfast. Grounded
0: and steadfast.
2: And not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister.
0: Correct. He says, let nobody, you be steadfast in this. And don't be moved away from this. Let nobody come and tell you that you are condemned, or you be reproached. You got it? I mean, how many times to every epistle, Paul has to say this. Paul is saying, Peter is saying, John is saying, correct? Okay, look at verse, uh, chapter 2, verse uh, 8. Uh, uh, somebody else can read George can you read that loud
1: beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men according to the basic principles of this world and not according to Christ for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you are complete in him see I'm I'm
0: complete in him I have no lack okay who is the head of principality and power? He says, let nobody cheat you. Cheat you means what? How, how, when do you use the word cheat? Lying. Some lying. Yeah, somebody is lying to you about your state. What is your state right now? Righteous. righteous. And if he cheats you, means what? You would have got some benefit out of your knowledge that you are righteous. Now, because I am telling you you are not righteous, I am cheating you of your reward. You got it? that means see the hebrews 10 this confidence is recompense of great reward you need this confidence if you want to reign in this earth you need this confidence let nobody cheat you means what that means if you don't have this revelation that you're righteous what's going to happen to you Annie? you what's going to happen to you no you feel cheated that means you are not going to receive what rightfully belongs to you. Say, rightfully belongs to you. That means you are a hair, heir of all the earth. And because you don't know that you are a hair, heir of all the earth, guess what? You live like a pauper. Who? Are you being cheated? Yes. Like if, uh, uh, Prasad, if no, somebody told you, you know what, you, you have, you have these credentials, you are birth certified, you can do all this. But nobody told you that. That certificate never reached you. So, you spent your whole practice life only practicing one kind of surgery. Because nobody told you that you are board certified. So, what happened to you? Did you get cheated? Yes. What did you need to hear from? What did you need for you to do the extra things? But you are already certified. But what happened? Nobody told you. Nobody told you. Say, nobody told me. See, that's what happens. Nobody tells you that you are righteous. Because if you are righteous, you can inherit his kingdom. Why do you think Satan doesn't want you to inherit his kingdom? Because he doesn't want that was his kingdom. His giants, his giants has built all this stuff. He doesn't want to hand it over to you. But he can only hand it over to the righteous. But you are the righteous. But you don't know that you are the righteous. You don't confess that you are the righteous. Guess what? You get cheated out of your inheritance. Okay. Read uh, Colossians chapter 2. Verse 20. 20. Come on, come on, come on. Read this so loud. Read verse 20, 21, 22, 23.
1: Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic
0: Basic principles of the world, okay?
1: As though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulation? That
0: means he's saying you have died to these basic principles. That means if only I do something right, then I will be blessed. If only I eat this right, then only my health will be okay. If I only avoid this food, then my health will be okay. If I take these supplements, then I will be better. If I send my child to this school, then only it will work. Or if I live in this neighborhood, then only I will be safe. Or if I... Why are you subject to these principles of the world? Correct? Correct. Keep reading.
1: Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using. According to the commandments and doctrines of
0: men. Teachings of men.
1: These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom. These things have
0: an appearance of wisdom. It looks as if these are good. What's the problem, brother Anil? What's the problem? It's good to stay away from certain foods. There's no problem. There is a problem. What is the problem? You come into condemnation. I'm not saying you don't eat right kinds of food. But eat it with a confident heart. With a heart that's saying, I am righteous. No evil shall come against me. You got it? Don't eat doubting. Oh, should I eat? Should I not eat? Don't eat. Please don't eat. Go. (laughs) That's exactly what Paul says. Don't eat with doubt. Because he's not worried about the food. Because he's saying what's going to happen is, you're going to get condemned, then you're not going to feel righteous. And you will be expecting judgments in your life. And you will get cheated out of your inheritance. Okay, keep reading. These things indeed have an appearance of so, this, Satan brings these things as if it has an appearance of wisdom. It comes from the church, it comes from teachers, it comes from books, it comes from TV programs, it comes from blogs, it comes from good Christian magazines, it comes from everything. Brother, this is good for your spiritual life. It's good to follow these laws. Wake up in the morning, first thing in the morning, spend one hour with God. Good. (laughs) Guess what happened the second day? You don't spend one hour with God. Then what happens? That day, something really bad happens. You connect two plus two. Every day I spend one hour with God, but this day, 45 minutes, that 15 minutes if I had spent, I would have got this revelation and I would have not fallen in this problem. (laughs) This is not God. This is an appearance of wisdom. It's good, brother. This great man of God for so many years, one hour every day, one hour every day. Another Indian accent is coming out. <laughs> oh, this brother, every starting of the year, twenty days of fast is very good, brother. Twenty days of fast. Well, not everybody will fast. Guess what? <laughs> some guys pretend to fast. Some guys fast, but ultimately at the end of the day, brother, I appreciate you. You always keep the fast. <laughs> He doesn't know I ate all the tandoor chicken that day. <laughs> so internally, he's already condemned himself. Guess what? God hates the doctrine of Balaam. You got this thing? How dangerous this doctrine is. It has an appearance of wisdom. It has an appearance of wisdom. But it is deadly. Because it's undermining your position as a righteous son of God. You see, why we are struggling and stumbling? Because Balaam puts a stumbling block before his children. You got it? Guys, you are getting it? You are getting in this? Okay, keep reading that. These things.
1: These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom
0: self-imposed religion. Self-imposed religion. This is so funny. It's not even the religion that God has proven. You have to fast. Where? Who is telling all this? No. Only if you pray in this posture. Self-imposed religion. Self-imposed. Nobody is imposing it. Because it's tradition. Because my church, when I come home in India, that pastor always does this. Oh, ornaments, you are putting... Sister, you are putting ornaments. <laughs> you will not get... What, what does that got to do with it? You, are you get condemning? It doesn't use. Because it, doesn't, it says, you know, it's not good. You should be inwardly adorned, not outwardly adorned. Means what? You should not wear clothes also. That's what Peter said. Do not be adornment, merely be outward, with wearing of jewelry, clothes, stuff. So, don't wear ornaments, don't wear clothes. Wow! That is no. That's not the point. So but God, we, Satan will use any verse, anything, because his gold, he doesn't care. One, he'll condemn you because your hairstyle. Somebody else will condemn you for gold. Somebody else will condemn you for not being religious enough. Okay, she'll condemn you because you're not praying enough. (laughs) Because you never never... I can never meet up this Because you'll be like, no, I need to pray more. I need to pray more. Why? Ask, what do you want from the word? See, I'm not saying don't pray. You got my point? Don't use anything as an excuse to be away, to be not confident to go into the most holy place, as Hebrews says. Don't let anything prevent your confidence to walk into the, say, the most holy place. Ask whatever you want. No, no, no. Unless I prepare myself. I need to prepare, brother. I need to prepare. No! Walk in! Like even mean think my, my Joanna walks up and down ten times here outside the study. I need to prepare myself before I meet my father in the study. No! She just walks in. Dad, come here. That's exactly what he says. I said, Joanna, I need I am working on something. I say now. <laughs> exactly like she says. She's so confident in her, in my love for her. He says, I will not feel offended. Come now, okay? I need your help. That's how it is. Do you ever say that to God? No. <laughs> no, I got Why? Because he's your father. He said, Abba, Father. Jesus did exactly that in the Garden of Gethsemane. He fell down at his feet and he said, Abba, Father, take this cup from me. Oh, 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 hold it, hold it, hold it. I am Abba. I'm your father. I'm God of the universe. And you're telling me to take this cup from you? He said, Jesus said, God, Father, take this cup from me. He's open. He's telling it truthfully. He said, But nevertheless, Lord, not my will, let your will be done. He said, oh, I'm open with you, Lord. Father, I cannot, I don't want to take this cup. Because why why doesn't Jesus want to take this cup? Because he's saying, I have to be separated from you. I don't want to be separated from you, Father. If, if, if Jesus had said this cup is really good, really good, means what? Means I was just waiting for an opportunity to be separated from you. <laughs> 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 this is what the Holy Spirit was telling me. Is that this is exactly? What my preparation said if Jesus had was not ha, was happy with the cup, it's like it's like telling brother you need to be separated from your wife for one month. Hallelujah. <laughs> you are looking for? No, but you should say, when Rajesh should say, Rajesh, you have to go on a Europe trip. You'll have to be away from Sudha for... Sudha. Oh my goodness, I'm mixing up. I hope I don't mix up wrong names. You you stay away from Sudha for two weeks. What is Rajesh's response should be? I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. This is not good. Can Can I at least come over the weekend and visit her? Or if her response would be, that's good. That's really good. <laughs> There's a real problem in the relationship. It's a real problem in the relationship. Thank God Jesus said, let this take this cup away from me. Like father was like, whoa, all that, all that. First chance you got to be separated from me, you're taking the cup. <laughs> no, that's not the father. See, that even in that prayer, you see Jesus' love for his father. You got it? But at the same time, he was very open. He said, Father, take this cup away from me. Hallelujah. These things, okay, keep reading. I'm sorry, they're still stuck at that one. In self-imposed
1: religion, false humility, and neglect of the body. Wait, look at that.
0: Look at where the boasting comes. It's always in this area. It's self-imposed religion. False humility. False humility. Brother. <laughs> I, I have struggled all these years, you know. I, all this cost you have to, this anointing, mm, not cheap. Comes with lot of sacrifice, huh? Lot of sacrifice, right? You heard this, right? This anointing is not like in like can come and get it. It has to. You have to pay the price for it. Where, where, where is it? Where is written you have to pay price for your anointing? Is it freely you have received? Freely. I think even Judas was casting out demons in Jesus' name, you know. Because it was not him, it was the name of Jesus. Correct? Freely, re- freely received, freely gave. Okay, keep reading. False uh, humility. Uh, one sec, one sec. F- false religion, self-imposed religion.
1: False humility. false humility. And neglect
0: of the body. Neglect of the body. There will always be something. I have to deprive myself from food. Ah. So you get this little bit of boast going on there. See, I have deprived, neglect of my body. You know, it's good, man. Keep the keep my body under control. So what? After that time, do you feel that little bit of you know? I, because I did this. I'm saying is, if you're going to fast, fast because you're so enamored by the presence of God, you just want to spend time with Him. You got it? Not because I am. I'm trying to achieve something. That means your ki- little children, keep yourself away from works of hands. Keep yourself away. Don't fall for that trick. Works of your hands. Okay, keep reading.
1: But are of no value against the... There is no no value
0: against the indulgence of the flesh. You you cannot get what you want in in your Your flesh cannot be controlled by all these things. But seek what? If you are raised with Christ Jesus, seek Seek those things which are above. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in Jesus. When Christ our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Jesus. And read how Colossians ends. Chapter 4, verse 2. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Be vigilant. Being vigilant against the Satan's attacks, Satan's plans. Where Satan's thrown us, he brings the error of Balaam in your life. Very, very, it's very subtle. It doesn't come very openly. He brings it very subtly. He comes with false, self-imposed religion, neglect of the body, and uh, three things. False humility, self-imposed religion, and neglect of the body. Always check. Is he coming trying to get me into this area if he's getting you remember always go back and read the gospels read every romans uh, romans 8 romans 3 romans 4 romans 10 hebrews 10 hebrews 12 end of end of every episode keep on what is it what is it first timothy second timothy corinthians first corinthians second corinthians all all, all. Thessonians says you're perfect and blameless preserved and kept preserved and kept perfect and blameless revelation see how revelation he says You're perfectly righteous. You're perfectly righteous. Receive the righteousness, because if you receive the righteousness, you will reign in life. Romans chapter 5. And go back and read Romans chapter 5. That's where it says, you will reign. Okay, let's close with Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Romans chapter 5. Not 5, I think it is Romans chapter 5, where we'll reign in Christ... read that somebody get that romans chapter 5 5 verse 20 20 20. uh not that romans chapter 5 okay romans chapter 5 verse 17 and everybody underline that verse Everybody underline that verse. okay Romans chapter five verse 17. Just meditate on that verse, meditate on that verse, underline it, meditate on it as much as you can. Read that loud. okay? Somebody can read that down? For if by the one man's offense
3: death reigned, through the one much more those who receive abundance of grace, and of the gift of righteousness will reign in the light, through the one
0: Jesus He said, "Because of one man Adam, just because he did this one sin. All started sin, death started raining all over everybody, just because of one sin. How much more with this one man, Jesus Christ, and the gift of what is it, the with the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness? Gift of righteousness what will happen to you? Reign in life. You will reign in life through how? You need two things for reigning in life: the abundance of grace. What is abundance of grace? The more revelation of Jesus Christ, that's abundance of grace, right? Grace means abundant grace, means unmerited favor of Jesus Christ towards you. Abundant of grace. The more you see how good Jesus is in your life, that's called abundance of grace. If you start meditating on that, receiving it, and the gift of righteousness. See, not earned righteousness, not worked righteousness. Say the word gift of righteousness, you shall reign in life. Say reign in life. I will reign in life. That means in our, in our health of our children, health of our spouses, in our relationships, in our jobs, in our businesses, in our ventures. Now you say, get ready, get ready, get ready. Let this gift of righteousness, you will reign in life. So, And I want you to meditate First John, the last five. The son of man has come and has given us an understanding of this righteousness. Hallelujah. Are you all excited? The Bible says it's very simple. The moment you have this righteousness, when God count, accounts this to you, he has already accounted to you this righteousness, correct? You start living in this righteousness, means you start believing this. When I say living, means, I, means what? Believing, correct? I mean, not saying working. Keep yourself away from the works of your hand, right? You start believing this righteousness, what's going to happen? you start attracting by the law of righteousness on the earth, you start attracting all the good that God has inherited and planned for you from ages past. The seven, the threefold blessing, including the seven land of the seven giants, you will start inheriting it. Are you ready for it? How many of you are ready to receive and reign in life? Are you want to reign in life? Do you, want, do you want to reign when sickness is there in your family, disease in your family? These are all judgments of condemnation. Why do you want that? Take it off, take it off. It doesn't belong to you. Doesn't belong to you. Just get a revelation of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's just stand. Let's just stand. Let's just worship the Father who has given us this righteousness as a gift. Righteousness as a gift. Thank you, Master thank you master Judge, do you want to sing a song any song about righteousness anything about your Holy Spirit is leading you let's just worship the father there, there, there no response but a, a, a worship can only suffice would be appropriate during this time because we didn't earn it we didn't receive it but we got it as a gift And as George is worshiping and singing, get ready to receive abundant grace and abundant favor in your life. Right? God is going to. Es- I'm, I got a sense of God is going to expedite things in your life. Fasten. Fa- this is going to speed up things that were, you were waiting for, because Satan had kept the stumbling block in your life. God says. But I'm going to destroy these stumbling blocks in your life. Because I have come and given you an understanding that you are my righteousness. You are not becoming righteous. You are made righteous. And I make no evil thing. Thank you, Pastor. You are vessels to receive the inheritance as sons of the Most High God. In this earth, as long as there is breath in your nostrils, says the Lord, I will cause you to reign and subdue all your enemies under your feet. So receive this understanding from my son, says the Lord, that he has come down to give you an understanding that you don't have to suffer, you don't have to pay a price, but you receive it gladly and you are without reproach in my eyes. Who do you believe? Do you believe the words of the risen Savior that declares you perfect, holy, and without reproach in His sight? And get ready, says the Lord, so the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. It cannot hold back its treasures. It cannot hold back its promotions. It cannot hold back its health. It cannot hold back its increase. It cannot hold back its houses. It cannot hold back its wisdom. Because it has been ordained for you... ...before the ages by me. So that not I... ...only I will get the glory, says the Lord. Be careful, says the Lord... ...to give me all the glory... ...to give me all the praise... Because you will not be able to handle the glory and the praise. And Satan will fill you with pride. Therefore give it to me, yes. And give it to me. And I will guard you against any pride. And I will keep you from your feet from stumbling. And I will exalt you, says the Lord, before men. Thank you, Jesus. God says there are people here who is going to receive great wealth and a great wealth transfer. But says it's been hindered because you are afraid that you will become prideful. God says that itself is a spirit of pride. You don't receive my gifts because you think that it will glorify you. You receive it like a steward that it will glorify my name, says the Father. So let those bottlenecks and vain traditions and self-imposed humility Be remote, says the Lord, and let a door be open to receive from my hand, for I am a good father whose hand is to give, to bless you forever. So when you come up to my throne, and you see from my perspective, would you want to live in the place that you are? Or would you want to put your eyes on things above? In the glory that you share with me, says the Father. For I love you with great love and I desire for you to be where I am and for you to see that you are where I am. For I have come and made an abode in your heart. So let that place be large and good, flowing with milk and honey and made with all the strength. That only I can cause to happen. So receive, says the Lord, with a humble heart. A heart that says, Lord, if you're willing to give, I'm willing to receive. And God says, I am willing to give. Receive right now. I say, receive right now. Now I'm saying, receive right now. Receive right now. Whatever you desire, receive right now. Ziyanil, but I have to see it. No, 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 no. In the new covenant, you believe first, you receive, and then you speak with your mouth what you have received, and then your eyes shall see, says the Lord. Don't wait for you to see before you receive. You believe, you receive, you say, and you shall see. Now repeat after me I believe, I see, I receive, I speak. And it will be manifested. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, man. Let's just worship the Father, Father. Thank you, Master. 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 Just worship Him. Hallelujah, hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, Master. Thank you, Just worship the Father. Thank you, Master. Thank you, man. I love
1: exalt
0: as Together forever. All fears, all fears name, just all fears going away all fears of judgment thank you master, thank you thank you master, thank you master all fears going, all fears leaving you just exalt him, don't worry about your fears don't worry about your fears just worship him, just worship him don't worry about your tomorrow don't worry about your tomorrow. You're righteous. I'll take care of you. I have not seen the righteous forsaken. Or his children begging for bread. I have not seen the righteous forsaken. Hallelujah. Just worship him. Forever. Thank you. Hallelujah. All fears. All fears. All fears. Let us exalt. Exalt. Are you all worried about your parents? Are you all worried about your sisters? Are you all worried about your brothers? Are you all worried about your children? Are you all worried about your old age? Are you all worried about your jobs? Are you all worried about your visas? Are you all worried about your status? Are you all worried about your houses? Are you all worried about anything? God says, don't worry. I will take care of it. Just rejoice and worship me. I have gone ahead and prepared a large and a good place for you. A good and a large place. A good and a large place is coming near you. Receive it, says the Lord. Receive it, says the Lord. Receive it, says the Lord. Receive it. Receive it. Thank you, Master. God is now dropping spiritual gifts into your life. Spiritual gifts. Receiving gift of wisdom. Prophecy Gift of wisdom Prophecy And God is giving you the gift of prophecy right now Receive the gift of prophecy in the name of Jesus Prophesy says the Lord What do you want? Prophesy People who have not had the gift of tongues the baptism of the Holy Spirit God says gives you get the gift of tongues right now speak in tongues right now the baptism of the Spirit right now open your mouth and speak in Jesus name Jesus name receive it receive that gift oh hallelujah thank you Jesus thank you master thank you Rajesh God says you're going to receive you're receiving the gift of healing right now the healing the healing whoever's whoever's hand that you lay will be healed in Jesus name and don't lay hands with doubting says the Lord lay your hands in confidence and whoever you lay hands will be healed for my word will go forth when you lay hands and my word will heal your disease in Jesus name but don't lay hands with doubting don't doubt your righteousness but lay hands with confidence in Jesus name Jesus' name. A rich hand. Rich hand. Below, God says, I'm going to give you a rich hand. Whatever your hand touches will prosper. When you pay, pray for prosperity for people, it shall come to pass quickly and suddenly, says the Lord. For I will give you a rich hand. A hand to probe for people's needs. And every need in their life will be met supernaturally. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master sister you having a gift of praying for women that you will have a gift to counsel young women so that they will not stumble in their walk with the Lord but you will encourage them and you'll have a spirit of Barnabas about you that the people will come to you for encouragement and women will cry but you will share And you will share the gospel. And you will encourage them, says the Lord. And I will restore them, the single ones in their families. When you pray for people, they will get married in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Manisha, the Lord says he will give you a, a spirit of accounting. To receive, to be a transfer of wealth. Transfer of wealth. That whatever thing you touch will start multiplying in your hands. Touch, says the Lord balance you know when you have bank sheet bank statements i want you to lay hands on bank statements and pray over it and god says i will release the wealth of the nations into those bank statements and supernaturally accounts will grow and multiply when you lay your hands over them in jesus name thank you master thank you master thank you master thank you suda so lord says that i will turn your sorrow into dancing Oh, Rajesh, I want you to lay hands on your wife right now. You will receive a spirit of joy unspeakable that in your waking day hours, you will have a spirit of urge to laugh at the devil, says the Lord. And go ahead and laugh, says the Lord. Spirit of laughter against all that the enemy has planned against you and your family. You shall laugh, Sarah. You shall laugh. And that laughter shall break every yoke in Jesus' name. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Receive gifts. Receive gifts, Father, from the good Father in heaven. Receive freely. Receive freely. Everything that you need, says the Father. Receive it, because you are my righteous seed in the earth. You are my righteous seed in the earth. And the blood of my son, Jesus, cries out, cries out, you need to bless Jerry, you need to bless Prasad, you need to bless Julie, you need to bless Raj. You need to heal. You need to bless JR and Bobby. You need to bless Annie. My blood of my son Jesus cries out. Cries out. You need to bless Padmini. You need to bless Manohar. And I will hear the blood of my son, says the Father. I will hear the blood of my son. And the earth will reply with wheat. With oil and with the wealth of the Gentiles. The earth will answer me, says the Father. And it will bring into you everything that my blood, son's blood pleads for. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this, your precious Holy Spirit. We thank you for this anointing, O oh Master, that's come upon so strongly upon this church to reveal the beauty of our Lord Jesus Christ and to remove every stumbling block in our life. Oh, we worship you and we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, 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 amen. amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master.